Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 71 of the PA Turn Pod. On today's episode, we're going to, Rob and I are going to talk about all things that happened in week one of the NFL season. And boy, oh boy, it was a, an eventful one, to say the least. Um, and we'll definitely go in more in depth with the Eagles week one recap. Then we'll go through all the slate of games and then we'll review our picks. The Thursday night football preview, the first one with Al Michaels. And Herb Street with Chiefs and Chargers. Then the four-minute scramble and then wins and L's. But first, let's take a quick second for our sponsor, Anchor. Hello, everyone. Episode 71 of the PA Turnpod is here. We welcome you. We thank you for joining us. I am Rob, joined as always by Joel. How are you this evening, sir? Um, despite work, just getting off of work, I'm pretty excited, actually. This is a hell of a episode we're going to have today and a hell of a week one in the NFL. Yeah. Holy crap. How about you? How are you doing today? Pretty good. I'm, I'm tired as well. I had a uh, an open to close today, so... We're uh, we're uh, we're toward the back end of my week. My week is always um, like broken up into like fragments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And once Wednesday passes, I'm like more than like two thirds done. It feels like because then I just have the Thursday, and then I'm off Friday, and I get Saturday, and I'm off Sunday. So feeling pretty good. It and feels like there's a lot to. It feels like I there's literally bullet points on uh, every game this week, but it feels like I have something to say about every single game. Which is the first time in a long time I've been able to say that for real. Uh, I was just going to say, this is like the start of my weekend, so usually when we record, it's like, get done work, into the weekend. I'm off Thursday, Friday, and then back on Saturday. But if things are swirling at work, rumors are, because one position left in the midnight shift, guy on my shift who does the Saturday, Sunday off, will jump to that midnight slot. And Ooh. your boy, barring any, for the lack of a better word, fuckery, Someone doesn't surpass me. I get that Saturday Sunday slot, and I'm off weekends for the first time in years. And I can watch an actual NFL Sunday, like in its entirety. I'm going to order all the foods, all the foods. As Rob is choking, <laughs> I blew it's up your spot. for a reason. Yeah, no, you're fine. He's <laughs> like having an attack. I'm like Jesus. Eventually, we're going to do video. Now, at your job, does um? So this is interesting between you. And me and then uh, my partner here, we have very different jobs, like as, as different as they could possibly be. I'm in sales. You're in more of just like behind the scenes, like loading and unloading. But you're like, you're dealing with cool people. And then she's in teaching, which is like a whole different animal. Kids, by the way. Yeah. How much does tenure matter at your job when you're looking, when like when you put in like, hey, I would like to do this. Like I would like to move to this shift. Does tenure matter or is it just like? Or do you guys have like uh, like goals and things like that you have to hit or like um, customer no. feedback or things like that? Not, not at all. It's all, it's a union. So seniority rules in there. Okay. So 10 year or I guess yeah. how long you've been there. Mm-hmm. Is it how long you've been working in the, um, the field you're working in or where you were working? Cause you worked at a different airport prior, right? Yeah. But no, this is from your start date here at the job. It's not mm-hmm. like I, I worked at the other airport, like you mentioned, because yeah. I have, more experience than most of the guys there, but they uh, have more seniority than I do because they've been there longer. So we just okay. go from simply higher date to current. Okay. Are you so, one of the other longer tenured guys there? At least in the in the 
I guess like the unit that you work in? Um, well, we're just ramp guys. There's really just three or four positions. Mm-hmm. There's utility who just does basically the the lavatories, like they you know the shitters. Play, uh, they play infield and outfield. The utility ones. <laughs> yeah, right. So they do the shitters in the water, and then they also like will pick up and drop off passengers and pilots to and from the aircraft or the terminal or the okay. hotel nearby. So that's one department. The other one is customer service, which is the girls up front who basically, you know, like a front desk at any hotel type of okay. thing. But also they take in the inbound calls like, hey, we're so-and-so. We're coming in 20 minutes. We're going to need X, Y, and Z. And then they relate it to us. That's department two. And then the third department, which is the biggest department, is us, the ramp agents, the guys who are out there with the, you know, the orange glow sticks and, you know, dancing our way to bring the plane home, service it, fuel it, give it power, um, help with bags, greet the customers and the past and the pilots. So three departments. So for the seniority purpose of it, there's only four slots for the midnight, which is a coveted one because... I don't know how it is with you. Well, it's retail, so it's different. But like ours is like three three shifts. Each shift uh-huh. has a payout of a shift differential. Okay. So AM is the lowest. My shift is the middle. So we get a pay bump more than the morning shift, and then midnight gets the biggest payout uh, uh, out of the three. Kind of like um, so like you're you're kind of balanced out based on the like the the time that you work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really work like that for us. But I, when I worked at Target, I did, they, right? they pay the overnight people more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but and they would apparently throw it in their face. When I worked at Target, and this is a long time ago, it's my mm-hmm. first like real job. Um, I got paid. I think it was nine bucks. This is in 2014. I got paid nine bucks an hour, which they told us was a, a dollar more than they paid the people up front because I worked in the back. Yeah. And then the uh, the people that worked overnight got a uh, like a quarter more than we did, and apparently <laughs> it was thrown in their face. I remember um, when one of the overnight positions became available. I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. Like, mm-hmm. should I, I was asking one of the, uh, the ladies that I worked with, well, the people were very friendly. And this one lady was like very nice to us. She was like, don't do this forever. Don't make it a career. I hate my job. Yeah. Um, she goes, I just do it because it works out. I'm here six to three or whatever. I was like, should I just take the, uh, should I offer to take the, um, an overnight spot? She's like, well, you don't have to wear the khakis, which is cool. Cause you don't <laughs> yeah. have to wear the uniform apparently. overnight. No, yeah. There's no and, management nearby. You, you don't see the customers either. Yeah. But she goes, uh, and you make a quarter more an hour. I was like, oh, well, all right, well, screw that. I'd rather have a normal sleep schedule in case I leave and go to a different job. Honestly. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. At least there's a, it balanced a little bit. Cause I, I guess like the nine to five people are like the happiest because that's like the standard quote unquote time frame. And then the people who are working overnight are just like kind of inconvenienced because their lives are much different. That's for retail opposite here. Well, I mean, even you guys, right? Nah. You prefer it the way it is where um, the overnight people, I guess the overnight people might be happier then. Um, well, no, I prefer that the my shift gets the, the biggest payout out of the three because out of the three, we have the traffic in and out plus the sports charters. That yeah, you get the sports teams, yeah. Midnight gets, you know, any late sports charters, but not as much as we do. And the only reason they get a payout is because they're making a quote-unquote sacrifice because they're not with their families overnight. Yeah. But you can argue, especially in my case, I'm there from 2 p.m. Eastern Yeah, you're missing lunch and dinner. And you're yeah. missing, yeah. And I basically live at work. I come home to sleep, do the podcast, repeat, go to work. So At that point, it's kind of a, uh, it's similar to my job and where it's kind of a meritocracy where 
you're probably putting in the most work from between those hours because that's like prime. You know, yeah. I don't know how traveling truly works. I don't really take planes and things like that, but I'd imagine middle of the day, that's where you see the most cars at the airport. When I pick people up from the airport, I picked obviously my girlfriend up there a Think- couple times and and, and and nighttime you've got the sports teams coming in and out. Yeah. That's a lot of work. And that's, you know, if you got the uh Eagles coming in or you got a, a team facing the Eagles coming in, that's fifty three players plus a dozen or two coaches, and that's a lot of equipment. Yep. And then on top of that, especially let's just, for example, like this Monday, Vikings are coming into town. Yeah. A, it's a primetime prime game. B, you got the owner for the Vikings coming, flying in. And then C, all the people around the world that can are fortunate enough to have a private jet uh-huh. want to fly into Philly to watch this game. And it's the first, it's the home opener of the season. So it's already buzzed. So it's already with that, plus our normal traffic who don't even give a crap about football on top of that. Yeah, so. you'll have, just because it's a Monday, I'm sure a lot of people will be flying out. Yeah. And so. maybe people flying in. I don't know how many people vacation in Philly or Jersey, but I would imagine. You'd be surprised. Anybody that, because Philly's kind of cool. There's not really much to do here when when you're here. And you, you probably feel similar because you live in like a cool destination town. When you're there all the time, you probably don't feel like it's all that big of a deal. But people, people go there all the time. Oh yeah, it, it, it when I worked in retail in the city, it bat, boggled my mind every summer that just people would flock over to this store to buy these cheap like oh, footwear, the, the keychains and stuff. And, and I'm like, what are you doing here? This is like crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, go away! And why are you burnt like a lobster? This yeah. is insanity. Noobs. But to answer your question, uh, midnight shift is content because there's no management and there's really almost no work to be done. Like really? they probably get five planes throughout the eight hours. So what are they doing? Cleaning and um, are they watching fueling planes or are they just, no. they're just jacking off watching YouTube? Basically, basically and sleep. Um, there's really, there's no management. There's nothing really coming in. Interesting. Well, yeah, management's asleep because they don't want that yeah. time. Morning shift is cranky because they have to get up at like five something to get there by six. Jeez. There's nothing really going on until 10 a.m. And then 10 to two is just a rush for them. And they want to get out of there by two. Gotcha. Then I come in cleaning their mess, plus the uh, crap that's coming in my face. Yeah, and you then get what's screwed. Expected, so, yeah. But that's a long rant. It's enough about me and my <laughs> airport. The, the, the people are interested. And if the people are even more interested, <laughs> your, your TikTok is public. Um, it is public. <laughs> I got your TikTok up right here. You got some cool videos on here. Um, yes. You actually have gone viral. You got 78,000 views on the one, uh, another 3,700 on I'm another feeling, video. Yeah. Uh, the TikTok, uh, you, you got more followers than me on TikTok, and it looks like more likes too. So, uh, and I haven't posted. Go ahead and follow Joel on TikTok. Yeah, at Ramp FBO, R A M P F B O. Now, before we move on, I think this is a, so people. I think the people out there are actually interested. Interested sometimes when I listen to pods, I listen to the radio and stuff. Yeah, I find things. I find it more interesting when the people are talking about the stuff that they're not used to talking about. Mm-hmm. Where does that name come from? Because I have a story about my Instagram name. Ramp FBO? Yeah. Um, I would imagine uh, Ramp has something to do with your uh, your position, like your job. Oh, for sure. Um, ramp is basically like, let me, I don't know what you, I guess you call like, if you're in the back of the store, right? And you open mm-hmm. to look at the sales floor. I don't know if you have like a fancy word for it or a code in between you guys, but it's usually like the sales floor, right? Or like yeah. where the action is. Yeah. Well, for us, when we open the door and we see what's out in front of us, that's basically the ramp. 
the entire yeah, the whole tarmac like the, whole, the, the whole landing area yeah the whole landing area where we park planes and stuff is the ramp uh, so that's gotcha. that's all we refer, referred to as and my job title is ramp agent or line service technician okay so i was like all right let me just keep it simple and that's, that's also a pretty cool sounding title and that's also the inception of why i wanted to create a name because like everyone has the bigger names have like a quirky nice simple to the point name so i was like ramp and then i work at a fbo which is a fixed fixed based operation okay which is basically like a private like little airport away from commercial this is private so i don't do no jet jet blue delta only sports charters but like if you're gonna fly to cancun good luck you're in the commercial side but if you're gonna go to cancun on a private little jet you're coming my way basically so, are you allowed to uh to tell the people some of the famous names that you've seen i can uh, because you've given me a uh a who's who of <laughs> of names and pictures of planes that i've seen uh you, it's funny because you always will text me so-and-so's coming in there must be a sixers game tonight or so-and-so's coming yeah. in why, why is he here i mean i couldn't i mean i can go on a, like on a tangent on, i got on a top a three in my my brain right now of, of people people you've seen or planes who belong to people really because you, <laughs> yeah because you've seen the pedophile bob Kraft, right <laughs> Yes, and then yes. you've seen uh, the the prisoner Meek Mill, and I have not seen Meek Mill. Oh, you haven't seen? I've you, seen his you've cars. Been a, you've been aware of him coming Excuse in, me. though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been aware. I've been told. Yeah. And then uh, I don't think you've seen the other pedophile, but um, you, you had a you have a really sick picture of uh, of, uh the chair the, the chairman's uh, plane. Yes, several pictures. Very cool. He actually f- will fly in in the morning of like Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and then would fly out after my shift. So my shift just yeah, sees the plane. You know, that there. man, he, he, when he was working, I don't know if he's still involved, but he was nah, not at all. up all, all hours of the day. Yeah, no one, no one in the world worked harder than him. Yeah, that's that's one thing. He's in his what sixties, seventies, and he works yeah. extremely hard for his age. Yeah, and good for it's him. In shape, and he works out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw a video. We're talking about Vince McMahon, by the way, but there's a video on the internet <laughs> yeah. where somebody is is talking about him. And uh, yeah. Vince was upset with the per. I forget who it was. Vince was upset with the person, and they were doing an impression of him. Um, and the guy goes, "Vince called me to his office. He was upset about this." Yeah. And then he says, "Get out of my sight. I'm gonna work out until I puke." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Vince is. He has his quirks, and supposedly he eats. Um, he is in the Patrick Mahomes category of eating steak with ketchup. Let me breathe. Oh my god. Um yeah. so let's to answer your question. <laughs> I don't want to catch up, Jesus. Oh my god. Um a who's who's. Um let's just say today. Oh yeah, god, M. Night. You, could, you could do a top three M. Night a, a, came in. every single day. M night came in. M night. You know what that yeah. is? He's probably uh, heartbroken now that Zach Hurts can't go to Sixers games with him anymore. Are we talking about the same person? M night Shyamalan? Yeah. Yeah, he has uh season tickets to the Sixers. He uh, he would always bring Zach Hurts. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, Zach Hurst would always have his gay little hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he flew in with his uh, his family, and I guess his daughters had, like, friends he's local, or whatever. local, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's a local guy. Yeah, yeah I thought he's so. Really bad. Yeah, he's got he's got Sixers tickets. They show him all the time. Yeah, he has a private... And he and Ertz are, like, buddies. He has a private driver. So as soon as I saw the driver, like, pulled up at the gate, like, usually there's a gate there, obviously, to not yeah. let people go in. And we go in, they're like, hey, 
how you doing? Like, yada, yada, yada. Uh, which plane are you here for? And he'll say the tail number. I'm like, all right, whatever. That doesn't really register to me. Unless there's someone that I know, like a, <laughs> the tail number. And then I see his face. And I'm like, oh, I already know who you are. Like, uh, okay. Off the face. Because he's his driver. So I'm like, all right, I got, I know who this is. I would so hope most of these lands, people are pleasant. I, uh, I, I know you, you told me you couldn't the tell part. the story to the people, but there were some people that were unpleasant that you told me about. Yeah. But I would hope that most of these people are pretty pleasant because they put on a good, uh, public face like and i uh, hope they're like that behind the scenes like you know that old saying you don't want to kind of meet your heroes because yeah. they won't be as pleasant you find out think. that they're like douchebags yeah. yeah but i'm that's just a blanket statement it's not for everyone but no. just keep that in mind when you meet these people but yeah i've met a who's who of people like last week i met in a span of two days bad bunny and carol g which is in latin in, <laughs> well bad bunny is universal like he's a global sensation yeah. if carol g if you don't know who carol g is she's like one of the top uh latin female artists out there and she was and she was touring in philly so we got to see her and actually my my buddy who's just basically i think third week at the job who's like a fan no excuse me a stan of hers <laughs> no lie dude somehow of luck her plane her prior plane was delayed coming in uh -huh. so she walks into the building nonchalant with her security guard and her manager and all this luggage and because and she has red hair nonchalant it's like all right i gotta sit here for another three hours and he sat there in this small little fbo and he just happens to walk out and just had almost a stroke right on site and That's then funny. he kind of slowly but surely made his way and asked for a picture and he got one That's got cool. a picture with carol g and it's one of those live uh photos yeah so you can kind of see they're having an interaction. She's like, hold up, hold up in Spanish. Hold up, let me get right. They <laughs> took the first picture. So you, she was pretty nice and she was That's very cool. generous. That's nice of him, yeah. So for three weeks in, he got like a, a special memory of one yeah. of his favorite artists. So That's pretty cool. cool. Very cool. But yeah, one, one day uh, we'll flip the switch. Next week we'll flip the switch and I'll ask you about uh, sales in GMC. Uh, yeah, I've said that. That'll be our lowest rated episode. <laughs> But yeah, uh, my gig's not that bad. But uh, I won't really, uh, it won't really surprise anybody because I think like three of the listeners work with me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I met Bryce Harper actually. That was probably the coolest thing. Did I tell you about that? And then we'll, I, I, we'll, yeah, I promise I, we'll get you to the yeah. Eagles and NFL. But I'd be, about about him, I'd be worried about him being a douche. Nah, he's fucking cool, dude. Is he? Yeah, that he makes like, very personable. That's very cool. But you. You as like a, a worker, yeah. you kind of did they have don't a, a talk. portable emoji? Did they have a portable emoji for his kid? I think you actually did tell me about this. No. <laughs> I, th I think you did tell me about um maybe briefly. This is a, a couple like a month ago, right? Yeah, he was still out. He wasn't yeah. even playing. He was still out. He had the brace on his arm, and I was just sitting in the front desk with my head down, just talking shit. And then guy comes up, just talks, and I, I hear the voice, and I just kind of just look up. I'm like. <laughs> holy shit, it's Bryce Harper. And he's basically inquiring, like, hey, I'm here to uh, greet this plane. Here's the tail number. And then where should I go? And he's like, yeah, meet by the, the gate. And then I park it. I bring him, I wave him over. Like, I escort him to the plane yeah, with his car. Yeah. And then we just kind of shoot the shit for a little bit. This kid, That's cool. You can tell, like, he's re he really loves his kids. And he had a good time. He missed them. Yeah, I, I can imagine. But, yeah, it, I can go on. I can show, share stories on and on. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, job that that's the downside to us not truly having an off season because we watch three of the four sports three and a half of the four sports because you know you watch a little bit of the soccer and i watch a little bit of the hockey yeah uh, we don't really have an off season to have the cool stuff like that but i'm sure the people are interested in a, a non-sports episode would probably be one of our better ones 
Yeah, for sure. And if you want to learn more about my job, again, TikTok, Ramp, oh, the TikTok, FBO, yeah. And you'll get to see some cool little scenes. I try not to put the logo because it's kind of frowned upon. So if they do find yeah. that, I probably would be forced to take it down. But I think the name makes sense too. Instead of because you're not like posting dancing videos and work videos, it's primarily work videos. It's it like the name kind of matches it. So you kind of fall into that category. So you're, the algorithm will find you. Yeah. And dude, my comments, I don't even read them anymore. They just still, to this day, they just keep blowing up because there's people arguing with each they other. Want to, they want to see certain things too. Yeah. I've seen like requests and I, I think you posted a video in response to somebody asking for something too. Yeah. But also it's like people who are in the industry or who have been in the industry share their take of how it was or how it is with their FBO or their current job. So it's pretty cool to see like People from all over the place is kind of like God, bottom this, this road, well, 15 second well, video. Some of these comments may as well be in Russian because I don't understand any of this. <laughs> yeah. Good follow. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. Appreciate it. But uh, let's just jump into it, man. Yes. It's week one of the NFL. Dude, how shocked were you at some of these games? So to be, to be quite honest with you, um, considering you did better than me in the picks, and we'll get to that. We'll dive into that on uh, Friday's episode. Um. I was very surprised at, uh, at exactly seven of the games I was surprised at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Where do you want to start? You want to so, start with the Eagles? So, yeah, let's just lead off with the Eagles because I right, think perfect. this is the game, the, the game that we will have the most to say. And then we have, you know, a couple things we want to talk about about the other games. I have some questions, too. Okay. And you post a couple questions, too. But I guess we may as well just lead off with the Eagles. So they beat the Lions. Uh, oh, first segment. Greetings. Hi. Hello. Um, Hello. Okay, cool. Uh, second segment. Uh, Eagles 38, Lions 35. So the Eagles in this game held a 31 to 14 lead and then subsequently had a 38 to 21 lead. Uh, mind you, there was also only one field goal in this game, which I was surprised about. We'll get to the scoring in a second. Yeah. Which I was kind of befuddled at when I was looking at the summary. I, I saw some of the scoring plays in real time because of red zone, but I was kind of, um, I didn't have the game on start to finish because I got home and then just like sat on the couch and just like sank in. Um, nice. But some of the scoring plays I was amazed at. So there was only one field goal in this game. It was a high-scoring game, and it felt like it was kind of like the Eagles early were kind of in control, and then toward the end they kind of lost control. Um, I don't know what you what takeaways you had, but that was like my main one. But they, they so they technically almost blew a 17-point lead, and then another 17-point lead, <laughs> and they allowed 14 unanswered points at the end of the game. So. Yeesh. And this is the Lions. It's not exactly the, you know, this isn't the 0-2 Texans, but this isn't a good team. Like, I know they're going to be fine, but they're, they're not bad, but they're, they're not exactly, you know, contending team that they're doing this to. So that's a little bit concerning to me. Um. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know if, I don't remember what I said last week, but it changes. Because leading up to Sunday, to kickoff, excuse me, mm-hmm. at work, Saturday, Sunday is when I go back. I kept we kept talking about it at work. It's just the thing to do, right? Football season rearing up. Yeah. And I said it in both days. Actually, I could see the Lions winning. I think this is a trap game for the Eagles. I think Remember. this is going to be closer than most people think. And people at work kind of like, well, some people, no way, man. The Lions should not be anywhere close. I'm like, I agree with you, but these are the Eagles. This is not the same Lions, and they play hard for that coach. I'm telling you. And they got yeah. Shark or Chark. They got Swift. They're healthy. It's a new season, clean slate, as we talked about last week. There's Josh a chance is kind of it could fighting be a, for his professional life, basically. And it's a trap game. It could be a trap game. Don't be surprised if the Lions either win or make it close and interesting. And that's what 
ended up happening. I'm not really surprised. But what is surprising is that, like you said, they held a 31-14 lead and then kind of blew it to the Lions. Yeah. And that's kind of scary because Monday Night Football at home, Vikings in double J. Yeah, you're going to see an upgraded version of Jared Goff on Monday with Cousins. You're going to see an upgraded version of DeAndre Swift with Dalvin Cook. And you're going to see an upgraded wide receiver duo from Amonor St. Brown at DJ Chark Jr. to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, when, I, when I was like trying to reflect on this game, so it's actually pretty funny. The, uh, the Lions last year, they lost like 44 to six to the Eagles and the Lions are my dog that week. Yeah. So I guess we kind of have the same thought. I, I kind of boiled it down to four categories of fans. Mm-hmm. There's the on the surface fan, which is like, all right, the Eagles are a good team. The Lions are a bad one. The Eagles should win. Yeah. Then there's the in-depth, the in-depth fan where you're like, all right, well, the Eagles are good. The Lions are fine. But it would just make sense. The Eagles, it's possible the Lions can do this. And then you got the, um, the the doubting fan. Oh my God, the Eagles are definitely going to lose because it's a bad team. And then you got the sports radio fan. It just says, "Oh, the Eagles are the best team ever," or they're the worst <laughs> team ever. Fire this guy. The, the quarterback sucks. Um, it, it's weird because it, if you look at all the numbers, and I'll read a couple of them off to you. Mm-hmm. Total yards. Uh, so first of all, first downs. Eagles twenty-seven, Lions twenty-three. Total yards four fifty-five to three eighty-six. Passing yards and rushing yards. Amazingly, the Eagles felt like they got gashed on the uh, on the ground. They actually had more rushing yards than the uh, than the Lions did. They had uh, 34 more passing yards, and they had uh, 45 more rushing yards, and they only ran six more plays. Um, they ran 11 more rush plays, and each team was sacked once, and they, they had the game's only turnover. They have more penalties, but not for more yards, and then the time of possession favored them by three minutes. So if you look at the box score, and you don't look at the – if you just look at the stats but don't look at the score, you would think they probably won by two scores. Yeah, right. Which is what Vegas was kind of anticipating with the uh, the four point line. They would win by like a score and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just for so we were talking about it before, it, it's weird how the scoring happened in this game. So DeAndre Swift gashes them on the first drive, and then Jamal Williams uh, steals a touchdown from him. Yeah, now right. count them, count them. If we had visual, we would have a little ticker on the side of the screen. That's one one yard touchdown, followed up by a Jalen Hurts one yard touchdown, a Miles Sanders one yard touchdown. That's three touchdowns all one yard. James Bradbury pick six, the only turnover of the game, the only interception of the game. His yeah. first pick six is an eagle first turnover, blah, blah, blah. DeAndre Swift scores. Jake Kelly kicks the field goal. Gainwell, two-yard touchdown, so twice as long as the first two touchdowns for right. the Eagles. Uh, the Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown pass from Goff. Boston Scott makes the 38-21 with his one-yard touchdown. And then Jamal Williams scores, and then DJ Chark scores. Just a weird game. And I chalk it up to being it, it's in Detroit. The Eagles always start the season with a weird game. Yeah. Remember last year, the first game of the season was weird in Atlanta. You were like, are they going to lose? Are they going to win? What are yeah. the Falcons? What are the Eagles? It's Arthur Smith. He looks like a thumb. The year before, <laughs> they come out. They look like the, the best team in the league the first quarter against Washington. Yeah. They blow that game. The year before that, 19, they're down two scores to the, the at that point, the Redskins, and then they win. Hey, which is, which is weird. They're not, it's redacted. Yeah, don't say that. You're not allowed to say. And then the year before that, they 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 win on the ground against the Falcons. The year before that, they're in Washington. Feels like they played Washington a million times. And the year before that, they win, and uh, Wentz's debut he shines. And the year before that, they they were the Monday Night Football game with Bradford. There's just like never a normal week one for the Eagles. Like, so I, I chalk this up. But don't to be you like it that one? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to win every game by two touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Oh, sure, but this also gives yeah. them character and adversity and way to step yeah. up. I liked it. I like what I what I saw and I like that 
I that's what I said last week. Like one of the things that we expect or we want to see. And you mentioned you wanted to see specifically James Bradbury how he does. And look, yeah, turnover for pick six. I mean, you were right on the the head for that. And for we me, talked it was, about the linebackers as well. Exactly. Uh, Kaiser White actually tipped that ball that Bradbury intercepted. So uh, I love it. Two, two new guys making an impact. I love it off the rip. Uh, mine was how will Sirianni's play calling happen in, in conjunction with Hurts? How he deals with adversity? Does he play hero ball? Yeah. And he rushed for pretty well, but for the most part, stayed in the pocket. He saved them a lot. He did. He did run. He had a couple of those. I, I forget what episode it was. We were talking about it a little while back. I remember listening to it on my way home one day. Yeah. How Russell Wilson, I'm not comparing Hurts and Wilson by any means. I'm just comparing one aspect of their, their games. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson seems to have like four or five rushes a game where it's third and six and he gets seven yards or it's third and one. And he just gets two yards yeah. or it's third and 11 and he gets nine and then they convert it. It hurts at a couple of those on, uh, on Sunday where he just like, he saved them. He, he escaped a sack or there was a design keeper and he got the first down or he scrambled and got the first down. It felt like he had a couple of those and it has to be so backbreaking for a defense, especially a young team like Detroit where they need like a lot of things to go right for him to win games. Yeah. They can't, you know, the ball can't always bounce the wrong direction. It has to be such a backbreaker, and Hurts probably broke their spirit numerous times. Not only that, Sirianni's play calling to a T. I mean, he focused primarily on the run here. Yeah. Control of the ball, but, you know, you got four Eagles rushing touchdowns. You got Sanders, yeah. uh, Gainwell, Scott, and your quarterback all rushing touchdowns and all inside one, what, two yards? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You can't yeah, ask for a better performance. Three of them, two yards for another. Exactly. And the only yeah, person the longest who's... touchdown of the game was two yards for the Eagles, um, aside from the pick <laughs> six. The four offensive touchdowns, they were one yard, one yard, one yard, two yard. I mean, the only blunder of the day is, unfortunately, the guy jersey that I'm wearing, number six, missing in action. Yeah. But when you got A.J. Brown, that big receiver, reminds you of Terrell Owens when he was here. He just commands yeah. the ball and respect. And he, if they... Why why di- why uh, divert somewhere else in Devontae Smith or Watkins when feed him the ball until they stop you? They stop him, they yeah. cover him, then you go elsewhere. But, you know. It's weird. So there's a lot of similarities you can draw between this team and the 2017 team. Uh-huh. Um, not to pat myself on the back, but our very first episode, I compared <laughs> last year's team to the 2016 Eagles, which was the year before they were good. Now, they overachieved last year by comparison to the 16s. But you can compare AJ Brown a lot to um, to Alshon Jeffrey. You know, yeah, yeah. Two big big receivers coming in. It's the second year of the quarterback starting. Um, they bring in Zach Pascal. He could be this year's Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. It's possible that Quez Watkins is this year's Aguilar. You got a good tight end, which could establish himself as great. You know, um, you, you bring in Jordan Davis, who's the rookie defensive lineman. You brought in Derek Barnett, 2017. This reminds um, me of a corners, TikTok I saw. Exactly. Yeah, you got Ronald Darby coming in at corner in mm-hmm. 2017. This year they bring in Bradbury. They brought in uh, that was the second year of McLeod, I think, in 17. This year they bring in Char- uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You know, you got the coach is younger. It, there's a lot of similarities you can draw. Here's another and, one. Here's another one. They that year they traded their top wide receiver. Yeah, and I forget his name. It's right, Jordan Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews for whatever. And I, I know exactly year, which TikTok you're talking about. Actually, Rager goes to Minnesota. You yeah, like, trade Rager away, and, hit, and the TikTok was basically encompassing what you're just echoing. But the end yeah. result is winning the Super Bowl, and I was like, All right, hold the brakes. But yeah. as he's explaining it, I'm like, 
Mm, yeah, so you're saying there's that, a chance. That one was a little weird because it was like, all right, this is one really weirdly nitpicked thing, and that's kind of the genesis of my my random list of stuff because yeah. uh, Fireman Joe and I were ripping that guy apart. <laughs> but that was our our long long list of you know different things, mm-hmm. and you know they started that season against a crappy Redskins team. They started this year against a crappy Lions team, and then week two could be a punch in the mouth, which that year remember they lost to Kansas City week two. Um, I have a stat about week twos in a moment, actually. But uh, so just to jump through some of the stats, Hertz had 243 in the air, 90 on the ground. Sanders, 96 on the ground on 13 carries. And uh, A.J. Brown, 10, 10 catches, 155. Goff had 215 in the air, one touchdown, one pick. DeAndre Swift, 144 rushing yards. Uh, Jamal Williams, uh, 28, two touchdowns. St. Brown had 64 receiving yards and Chark had 52. Uh, the Eagles' defense allowed 44 yards on 15 carries when Jordan Davis was on the field. That's 2.9 yards per carry, just Beautiful. under three. However, they allowed 140 yards on 14 carries when Jordan Davis was on the sideline. That's 10 yards a carry, including that long one by Swift on the first drive. There was only one sack in the entire game, only one um, turnover as well. The one sack was um, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, each getting credit for a half. Lions were 9-14 on third down, 1-1 one one on fourth down. So that's not great for the Eagles, but still they got off the field where they needed to. Mm-hmm. And they forced the game's only turnover, which is very important. And uh, technically speaking, this is according to Pro Football Focus, so it could be off by you know a little bit because they sometimes will push agenda. Jalen Hurts was the NFL's most accurate passer in Week One on throws that went farther than the first down marker. And Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins this is my last bullet point. Uh, Smith and Watkins combined for zero receptions. Watkins was the primary kick returner in the game. Uh, there was only four targets combined, so Watkins was actually not targeted at all. Smith was targeted four times, unable to come in with any uh, with cat any catches, um, which could be a cause for concern. But you never know; it's possible next week they just feed him because they they kind of overcompensate. I think I was telling you about the uh, the Allen Robinson effect, where yeah. week one he doesn't get any balls, and then week two they're just going to force him the ball. I think you'll see that with Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, I I posed the same question at work, and we were just saying the same thing that you're saying. It's probably like, like Stephon Diggs and Cooper Cup basically set the tone for wide receivers who got paid. Yeah, they balled out in their respective games, right? You got AJ Brown, the new acquisition, Jalen Hurts, best friend, and all this stuff. Let's just feed it. And like I yeah. said before, if he's finding success, why go to someone else if he's open? Yeah, that's fair. Go for it. And but you should share the wealth. But hey, if he's open and you need a crucial first down, go for it. It's money. If, every if the time. goal is to win the game and the goal is to make sure your quarterback is comfortable, then you want your quarterback thrown to the guy that makes him the most comfortable. Exactly. Uh, we'll get to him later, but Tyreek Hill hit his over in the first half. Devontae Adams had a good game. Mm-hmm. These guys will throw the ball to the player. Uh, apparently, Brady felt most comfortable with Julio Jones. So with these quarterbacks, yeah, these quarterbacks will find the guy that they trust the most and throw them the ball. So it's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. And Emma Holmes obviously targeted Kelsey, and that's obvious because he's one of the best in the world. But yeah. these QBs will find a guy they feel comfortable with and then kind of work from there. Your progressions. So, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I mean, it's it's week one of the NFL. I yeah. mean, come it's, on. It's the ultimate week to overreact, however, Yeah, is the, the Tuesday through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of, you know, middle of the week. How Real quick, how is uh, sports radio? For you, because you um, live there. How was it? Was it like so, seventeen and zero, baby? We're going all the way, or was it a race little, for, for a little bit of a combination? A little bit of a combination of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
Philly sports radio for the most part. I only listen to the one channel. I don't listen to both. Um, WIP is the one that has the Eagles games. I listen to the Fanatic. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more of, hey, we're, we're excited for how this has started. Let's see how it goes is how some of the hosts were going. Um, a couple of the other hosts. Were, it, uh, the main thing that's coming up is honestly the uh, the defensive coordinator is getting ripped to shreds, Gannon. And uh, and also a comment that he made this week where he accidentally let it slip that um, Howie Roseman has a hand in the defensive game plan. Mm. He said that in one of his uh, press conferences also. Hurts is getting kind of ripped, but people will find anything to complain about with the quarterback. I, I'm not in a position to you know trash him. I think we still got to eventually have, figure out is he the guy, is he not? But yeah, Hurts is kind of up there. Um, but it's mainly just like, all right, this is good. Let's build on it. Uh, Minnesota's the real barometer. Like that's really going to tell us if we're good or not. Honestly, I mean. That one I'm a little worried about, but I'm excited for it because it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it'll be fun. That feels a lot like the 2016 uh, Monday night game when they played against the Packers. Mm. When the Packers were like a little bit further along than they were, but it was a good chance to see whether or not they could hang. And they, they wound up losing that game, and they, they very well could lose Monday to the Vikings. I'm sure the, it's weird that they were favored, but it's a small enough line that it, it it'll may change. not matter. It might change. It might fluctuate for sure. Um, how do we feel about uh, – this week versus the Lions, though. How, how do we feel about it? Uh, Indifferent, it, it, great. Eh. It, 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 it sounds like a non-answer, but I'm both encouraged and discouraged because there are certain things I, I felt good about. Yeah. Darius Slay certainly looks like he's got a little bit of tread left on the tires. Um, you know, Hurts did a good job. The running game was good. Sanders looked fresh. And obviously Brown looked like an animal. Problems, though, the offensive line broke down numerous times. Defensive line only got one sack, and apparently when Davis was on the field for most of his snaps, they had a five-man front expecting run. So he's you know, the, he was playing nose tackle with two D tackles and two D ends. I uh, didn't really hear Hassan Reddick's name a whole lot. Yeah. Johnson Gardner Johnson didn't hear his, but Kaiser Kaiser it was pretty good. Elliott reliable for the most part. Only kicked the one field goal, but didn't miss any extra points, which he has in the past. Um, and you know, not seeing Smith and Watkins get targeted is you know a little bit concerning, but. That's something I think that will kind of fix itself. The week one is kind of you're just you're planting, and then you're going to figure it out from there. So Basically. I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I feel good about it. I'll be optimistic on this. I feel good about it. Yeah, giving up that many points to the Lions, not great. Especially when a you, lot in the second half, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, especially in the second half, especially when you focus your offseason basically on building that defense. I mean, not yeah. not looking good, but it's week one. It's the jitters, all that nonsense. And the Lions, like I've been saying, are a good team. They're not that oh, they're not going to go zero and seventeen. And ironically enough, hopefully I'm not spoiling anything, but they're favored this week. They're like the favorites. So yeah, first time I'm in twenty four games. So watch out; these Lions can make noise, and that NFC North could be wide open. Green Bay, it, it very well could. Green Bay lost to the Vikings. Granted, the Vikings are a good team in its own right. Very good team. The Bears beat the Niners. The Bears are good. Justin Fields look like he is happy and comfortable now in that offense. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when they play in you know normal conditions. We'll get to that yeah, in a second. We too. will. Um, what and, do you want to see? Uh, what do you want to see next Monday? A tremendous game. Um, but I want to see. Uh, is it, yeah. More focus. Keep focusing on the run. Play action fake. No hero ball. But I wanted to see Hurts stay in the pocket, 
use his legs to buy time, and I want to see him dish it to the receivers. Let's just go through your progressions. I want to see that. I want to see that improve. Yeah, that, that's the thing that I think we all want to see. I, I want to see pressure from the D-line without having to send extra guys. Yeah. I mean, Cousins I, is not I, that I, mobile either. Because you're going to have to get pressure with your four because you're going to need to drop guys into coverage with Jefferson and at uh, Thielen running all over the place. The one thing I don't want to see on Monday is Jalen Rager hurt them. Dude, that will put a sour taste. That, that will suck. <laughs> just the thought of that just kind of like yeah, up it in my just, stomach. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it just makes me very upset. Um, so next week, the Eagles host the Vikings, Monday Night Football, 8-30. They're currently two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 50-and-a-half. God. Uh, uh, Joe Buck did confirm during Monday's telecast that he and Aikman will be in Philly. So that means Levy... Orlovsky and Riddick will be in uh, Buffalo, Tennessee. Or is it in Buffalo? Yeah, it's in Buffalo. All right, so Buffalo and the Titans. Uh, the Eagles have not won a week two game since 2016, which was also a Monday Night Football game. Yeesh. In 2016, they beat the Bears at Soldier Field. 17, they lost to Kansas City. Um, 18, who do they play week two of 18? Uh, that was a the game they lost in Tampa where Deshaun Jackson killed him. 19 was, a, I think, the weird loss against the Falcons week two. Uh, 20, I don't remember. Oh, that was the Rams. That was a home opener. They got crushed. And then 21, who they lose to last year? Uh, the Raiders. I don't know, honestly. I forget. I honestly forget. It's all good. It's all good. None of the, but, uh, it's all just one big blur. But do you think this is the this is the week? They can get off the schneid? I think, I think that this is a week. They, if they don't come out strong... If they come out flat, then that's a problem. Um, they, they just got to come out strong. They got to come out and be the aggressive team early. They got to score first. They have to get pressure with their with their line. If they, if they have to send extra guys and they leave guys on an island deep, Cousins will hurt them. Now, if you let's play role play real quick. You're you're Brandon Graham. You're at the uh, coin toss. You win the toss. You look at your coach. No, all right. You're you're Nick Sirianni, Brandon Graham, and you. What do you tell Brandon Graham when you win the toss? You defer it, or do you want to get to a hot start and keep the ball and score? Well, obviously, chances to are, win. chances are they're gonna kick it. No, That's I'm saying you role play, role play. Uh, what would you I like would to probably say? Kick it just. Be, I would kick it because the uh, the analytics do, do favor um, kicking it because you will get you, you have the chance to steal possession at the end of the first half. Um, kick it. Trust my defense. And see if the energy in the building helps, and see if you can fluster Kirk Cousins. They lost to the Niners week two last year, by the way. That was the year the game Watkins had a ninety-six yard catch and they didn't score. First time in NFL history there was a ninety-six yard catch on a drive. That I remember. Yes, 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 yes. It was odd. You Weird say, game. Oh, ninety-six yards and like not a touchdown. Yep, winnable game. Huh? Yeah, most of the, most of these yeah. losses are all winnable. Lions too yeah. last year. Most yeah. of the losses the, were winnable. And the wins are losable. Um, what do you? Uh, what would you do? Would you want the ball? Or would you want to kick it? I want the ball. Yeah. Feed off the energy of the crowd and have them play off a deficit. Because now you're taking them out of their game plan. Say if you're down seven nothing as the Vikings in hostile territory, you have one of the best running backs in the NFL. But if you're down, and if you bring in uh, Davis to run stop, if if he's looking like the, the premier run stopper, and you can't get nothing, you're gonna have to get Double J and uh, Adam Thielen to beat you. And, you know, those cornerbacks are going to have their ears pinned back, and they're trying to just 
get every ball and obviously fluster Kirk Cousins. So I would just go for it. You're at home. You're playing with house money, Monday Night Football. You're the only game in town. Let's show out. Now, the flip side is you get the ball and you go three and out. Not good. Yeah, and you just screwed yourself. Yeah, so yeah. either way, it should, so, it should be fun, though. Next up for the Lions, they host the Commanders on Sunday. That's a 1 o'clock start. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Um, if they go into the game, if, if the ball is kicked and they are still favored, it would be the first time in 24 games that they are the favorite at the time of kickoff. Their uh, over-under in that game is 48-and-a-half. Seems like an interesting game. That'll be a very interesting game on Sunday when we get to our Friday um, preview. But it's more about we Carson in, Wentz and the, the commanders. Yeah. yeah, we should jump into our week one review. Yes. Um, so we'll do a little bit of rapid fire, a little bit of just like notes and stuff on each game. For sure. So the Thursday night game, we, we already touched on it, but the Bills beat the Rams 31-10. We did, you know, as much as we could here, Von Miller's return, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the Saints beat the Falcons 27-26. Um, kickers are going to be this, uh, the word of the week. Right. Um, so <laughs> just so another weird game. Michael Thomas is back. He scores a couple touchdowns. I believe he caught a two-point conversion as well. James looked pretty good. Mariota looked pretty good. Early on in this game, looked like it was over. Uh, the Saints had to score 17 points in the in the fourth quarter. It was actually 23-10 going into the fourth quarter. Jameis finishes the game with 269 passing yards, two touchdowns, a 111 rating. Taysom Hill was the leading rusher for the uh, the Saints with only four carries, but he had 81 yards. Jarvis that's, that's Landry, seven catches, 114. Yeah, seven catches, 114 for Jarvis Landry. Cordell Patterson, all of a sudden, is just a, an amazing running back at 30 years old. Um, and the game-winning kick excuse me, um, was in the fourth quarter with 23 seconds left. Will Lutz kicked it through the uprights. Uh, any takeaways from this game for you? Um, just like you said, Mariota and Jameis both looking good for their respective teams, especially I'm more focused on Atlanta because we know the Saints are going to be good. They were good last yeah. year before Jameis went down. God, they were my pick to win the division this year. Yeah, actually they are. Um, I'm more interested in seeing how this Atlanta offense is. You know, new era at quarterback for the first time in, what, 10 years it feels like? Maybe oh, more? I think 09 is when they got Ryan away. Yeah, so, I mean, and then you got Mariota. I think it's the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the first time Jameis beat Mariota, I'm pretty sure, because Mariota beat him in college in the college football playoff. Or must he have felt really good. And then he beat him in their their uh, debut game. Mariota had a 158.3. Jameis did the pick six on his first play. Um all right, speaking of young quarterbacks facing each other early in their careers, the Bears defeated the 49ers 19-10. This game we both got wrong. It was my lock. The lock was busted. Someone <laughs> picked the lock. It was a sloppy game. Um, this is not in my L's later, but the sideline was crooked. Dude, I've seen saw that. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that'll be an impromptu L. Um, Trey Lance, <laughs> is this a game that you can kind of use for him, you know, going forward, going to see the guy? Or does it really not matter because it was such a weird anomaly of a football game? He was 13 of 28 for 164. 54 on the ground, though. Justin Fields, 121 yards. Only had 17 um, pass attempts. And uh, Khalil Herbert was actually the leading rusher for the Bears, not David Montgomery. Mm. So it was just a weird game in general. Um, I'm going to chuck this one out to the weather. I don't know about you. Nah. The weather, sure. But you're going to have to play in inclement weather for the rest of your life if you're going to be a quarterback in the NFL. Um I would just take it as grumping. This is all on. This is a young quarterback. It's got to be Shanahan. You got to f- 
put your quarterback in the best position. If you see him struggling out there, you got to do something. Put the ball in playmakers' hands. Um, do you think this is a um, an example of the Niners maybe picking the wrong quarterback, or do you think it's just one game? You kind of move forward, see what happens as we go forward. One game, get a larger sample size because Lance didn't look good last year either. Well, I mean, give me. But he didn't start the season though, did he? No, Garoppolo started the season, then he got That's hurt, what I'm saying. and Lance played a little bit, but he was kind of lousy when he played. Yeah, it's different when you're walking into the season as the guy, so you're getting first-team yeah. reps throughout, and you have a game plan set. I would just take it off, and Fields is just a better quarterback at this point. He's played longer, played more, and he's happier, and he's at home. Yeah. With house money. Yeah, it's good, good for the Bears. I think So uh, uh, the thing about the Bears for me is I think the league is better when the Bears are good. Yeah. There, there are a few. There's a couple teams in each sport where I kind of feel that way. I in the NBA, even though I don't like them, I think the NBA is a good product when the Knicks are good. Mm-hmm. NHL when you have like the Canadians and teams like that that are good. Baseball when the Yankees are good, the Red Sox are good. You know, teams like the Tigers, the Cardinals, even the, even the Phillies and the Mets, like teams like that that are big markets are good. It's good for the sport. I think it's good for the sport when the Bears are good. Yeah, they were fun when they were in the playoffs. Yeah, that 2018 run was one of my favorite teams to watch, even though the Eagles ended it. But that was a fun year for the Bears. Was that the double doink? Yes. And speaking of the 18 Bears, their quarterback on Sunday, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning a thriller in Cincinnati, 23-20. to 20. Uh, Swaggy Mitch outlasting overrated Joe Burrow. Just a fun game. Man, you are loving it. You look, your chest is all puffed out, smile on your it, face. Did you see the woman in the crowd throwing up at the fact that Burrow had four interceptions and a, and a uh, no, fumble? I didn't even know that. So there's, a, there's a woman that f- almost like threw up on some kid in a neck brace. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. Um, it's even funnier. When you had to watch Burrow throw, uh, turn the ball over five times. I mean, I think that's every fantasy so, owner who started Joe Burrow as well. Yeah. Burrow had a good game uh, passing yardage-wise, but he, he did not take care of the ball. 53 attempted passes, um, sacked seven times. So he dropped back 60 times. Um Sheesh. Uh, Trubisky, yeah, Trubisky, 194 yards. He just he was a game manager. Chase Claypool was a leading rusher. Uh, Najee Harris went down. He will be back this week, from what I read. Mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth had the most uh, receiving yards on the Steelers. Jamar Chase nearly had a game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock until Evan Crazy. McPherson kickers. Am I right? Evan McPherson shanked a field goal, got blocked, then he had then he missed one in overtime. That's crazy. And uh, the Steelers wound up winning on a Chris Boswell kick. What a Just fun game! Insanity, man. Yeah, insanity. listen, the Steelers. I, it wasn't just a hunch, and it wasn't just because of the, um, you know, the Super Bowl loser thing. But I really felt like the Steelers were the, uh, were, you know, a, a scary kind of like, can come out of nowhere team. I just think any team Tomlin coaches is hard to uh, to bet against, literally and figuratively. It's also the power of the Black Air Forces. <laughs> the power of the overrated quarterback should never go in first overall. Um, <laughs> uh, who we got next? Oh, the Dolphins. Oh, Oof. Christ. This one. Speaking of uh, receivers that, that were, you know, paid in the offseason, Tyreek Hill. How about eight catches for 94 yards? Uh, the Dolphins defeat the Patriots 20 to 7. Tua is currently undefeated against the Pats. My question to you, sir What in God's green earth, this beautiful earth, is Bill Belichick thinking, trusting his offense to be handled by Joe Judge and Matt Patricia? <laughs> Judge, who is a special teams coordinator, and Patricia, who was his defensive coordinator, are both basically because he doesn't believe in coordinators anymore. They're the de facto offensive coordinators. 
Jesus Christ. Josh McDaniels is loving life, even though he took an L this week. Do you really? Yeah. Are these really the two guys you're going to trust to uh, build up your franchise quarterback in Mac Jones? I can't believe that. Uh, I'm shocked. I don't know. I don't know what is he doing. He's a genius and all that, but that looked pitiful. Seven I think he's points. trying. I think he's trying to outsmart himself. Yeah. Because he's he doesn't have any coordinator. So I I looked at this last I looked at it last week after I mentioned it on the pod. They don't have any coordinator specified on the website. Steve Belichick is essentially the um, the defensive coordinator, and the OC is any combination of Judge and Patricia. I think he's trying to reinvent the wheel here by thinking that he can just go into a season without coordinators to get more credit. I hate the idea in today's NFL that a defensive-minded coach can coach the offense because he knows what the defense is thinking. Patricia gave a 51, what, 44 points in the Super Bowl of the Eagles or 43, something like that. <laughs> 41, 41 points in the Super Bowl of the Eagles, and the, he thinks Eddie was a floundering head coach in Detroit, and now he trusts him to um, to run this offense. He has a track history of not doing well, and I don't know what yeah. Bill is doing. That's just... A gross match, but hey, Tyreek looked good. Waddle looked pretty good. Not pretty good. He got a touchdown out of that as well. Dolphins look fun, honestly. They yeah. look fun. Yeah, they look like it could be a good team. Tua, as long as he takes care of the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this next one, I have very little notes on this one. Ravens beat the Jets 24 9. Uh, the Jets look like crap, and uh, they're, they're, they're burying them on New York radio, um, <laughs> which is upsetting because I kind of like the Jets. The defense looks pretty good on paper. And they have a decent enough offense. It's just without Zach Wilson, what are you going to do? Um, is Lamar Jackson channeling his inner Aaron Judge this year because he felt like he was lowballed before the season? He's just going to go out and rip everyone's butt to shreds, I guess. 100%. Yeah, he's a dark horse MVP candidate. He's a dark horse to go to another team. He is going for it. He stayed in the pocket and he just lasered one. Do you saw that pass? Yes. I saw the throw to Bateman. Um, and then I also saw the... Um, celebration one of the uh, so it was 9-11 yes against a team from new york called the jets and this guy does the airplane celebration uh, which uh, you can't fault him it's a cool celebration but i mean Eesh. i don't know in new york <laughs> now, only here's Jersey. a question here's two uh quarterback questions for you go for it the first yeah if lamar jackson is not a raven next year what team do you think he'd play on i have Ooh. one team that i that came to mind NFC or AFC? NFC. Tampa. I can see him on the Giants. Mm. Now, Tampa would be interesting, too. Because Brady's gone. You know. Brady's, I think, actually gone. So you bring someone who's athletic in Tampa with that talent. Fascinating. Todd Bowles as your coach. Granted, yeah. they do well this year. And he keeps his job. Yeah, that's quite the thought. Maybe uh, maybe Houston, but I don't think he wants to go to a team that sucks. Fuck no. Well, I guess that rolls out the Giants. Um, <laughs> plus, plus, Florida has no state taxes. If he's sure. getting paid, yeah. he's going to get paid. Yes, that means Judge will be at Tampa Bay Ray next year. And he's in the NFC? God. Yeah. Faces My, Carolina, Atlanta, and the Saints. He can rule that division. Yeah, seriously. Um, and uh, my other question is, should the Jets just go with Mike White, uh, the yeah. young man that started the game last year at four touchdowns? Uh, so Joe Flacco, for as much as you can say about him, he's probably going to be a great coach someday because he does seem to have the personality. He seems like a decent guy. 
he's six and 16 last four years in games that he starts. And why are you, you're not learning anything by playing him. I don't understand why you don't just play Mike White. I think they're protecting Mike White, but despite your own face and your own credibility, you might as well throw him out there. Yeah, because I, I think that Salah might be on the hot seat. There's a little bit of pressure on him to win. I know that's not a great team, but they got to improve. And his comments the other day, he went on the K show and he also did a presser. He said, uh, we're keeping receipts so all of you guys can eat your words. <laughs> that's not a good, that, that's, that, th- that, those aren't words out of a mouth of somebody that doesn't feel pressure. There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on Joe Douglas to get this thing figured out. And I think that Flacco is not going to move the needle for you at all. Mike White's going to be able to at least be mobile and run out, run out of the way with his offensive line, which is decimated with no Mackay Becton and um, apparently no um, uh, Dwayne Brown. They're, he's got, they're going to have to figure it out. I, I don't understand what the downside is to starting Mike White. If he gets hurt, you just got to go two more weeks without him anyway because Wilson will be back by week four. So oh, who cares? Just start Mike White. That's not, that uh that Sala quote sounded very uh Glen Riverish. It did, and it? it sounded very arrogant. Yeah, I know he's trying to fire his guys up, but I think he's just like a, a discount, like great value. Uh, Dan Campbell, although I compared him to Campbell favorably last week. Uh, it's a week to week league. Yes. Uh, next matchup. This one was fun. For what yeah. it was. Yeah, this was a good game. <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. Uh, Commanders. Edge out the Jags at home, 28-22. Jags put up a fight. Trevor Lawrence, what, third year? Second the only year? thing more fun than a good versus good team is a, a game between two bad teams. Yeah. And this was phenomenal. I was I was thoroughly entertained by this game. I, Carson Wentz looked good. He looked fucking good. Uh, he looks happy. He's celebrating. He looks Yeah. He looks good. On the other, I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence. I'm worried for the NFC East if Wentz looks like this yeah. and plays to his caliber like Jahan, we saw him. Jahan Dotson had two really good catches on Sunday, too. Yeah. But what? Yeah, don't make it interesting. Their defense is so good, and Chase Young hasn't played yet. So, I mean. I mean. And they're playing without Ron, at home, too. Don't mind Ron Rivera. I think he's a good guy, too. He's a good coach. He's a good guy for that team. He's a good Riverboat coach. Ron. I forget. They beat the undefeated Steelers two years ago. They did. Um, and they, they made the playoffs two years ago as well. Did it under Heineke? Yeah, the Heineke. Yeah, Heineke diving for the pylon against the uh, the Bucks. The only team that seemed to put up a fight against the Bucks in the playoffs that year was yeah. the Washington. Just weird. <laughs> who who people wrote off, and they yeah, almost upset and they, broke they, everyone's bracket. They, they played a better game against them than the than the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl. Damn, Rob. honest to God. Woof, woof. Coming in hot, choosing violence. They lost, but they lost by six, and they then they backdoor it, yeah. and the Chiefs got their butts kicked. Yeah, I'm yeah. spanked really. Jack's put up a fight. Trevor Lawrence is worrying me, dude. He's got no dog in him, and I don't think he's a leader. Do you see the video of him trying to fire his guys up? Do we see the same TikTok? Hey, uh, uh, we're going to go out of there and really Have try hard to win. Uh, Have our teammate on three. One, two, three, win. Okay, and then they got their asses kicked. I wonder why. Uh, kickers, am I right? I mean, kickers galore, bro. There's a backdoor from the, uh, the commanders, by the way. <laughs> um, speaking of fun games. Speaking of kickers. <laughs> Christ, you could say that for every game except the Eagles game. <laughs> right? Speaking of kickers, Browns versus Panthers. Good googly moogly was this fun. Another yes, fun was. one. Good, and good man, jersey matchup, too. Thank, let's be honest. Everything works out in due time. If Deshaun Watson was on this in this game, this probably wouldn't be close. Deshaun Watson would probably tore this team up. But we never know. We will never know. Never but find for what out. it was. 
26 Browns, 24 uh, Panthers. Baker Mayfield loses against his former club. At Baker home. Mayfield scores a touchdown against his former team, though. Uh, but he did do that. Trust um, the podcast. That's why you listen. TTP. Kickers galore. Rob, take it away. I mean, Miles Garrett. Now, did did he feel good stacking uh, Baker Mayfield? Or it was like, ah, just another day of the office. It's got to suck a little bit. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit. Um, how did Amari Cooper do? I didn't really kept, kept much I didn't of see game. a whole lot of the game. I would imagine not very well because Brissett really wasn't all that effective. Um, game manager at this point. Yeah, it was a battle two game managers. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Yeesh. McCaffrey's back, and he's he's electric yeah, and he when he scored. plays. Yeah, he's electric when he plays. I think you called that, too. I I called the Baker one. I don't know if I called the McCaffrey one. but well, You said McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey. Well, he's going to be the leading rusher if he stays healthy. I mean, he's off to a good start. Yeah, at least that's Gee. my guess. Oh, God. Speaking of uh, kickers, am I right? Punt, just, just shoot me right in the nuts. Rodrigo Blankenship was fired for this game. Fuck, man. The Colts... I found out through you. A, <laughs> through a huge opportunity. Yeah. The Colts blew a, a massive opportunity to get a win early in the season. Here against the Texans. They tie 2020. Poor Tom McCarthy. I, I don't care about Matt Ryan. I don't care about Davis Mills. I don't care about David Carr. Why I don't I? care about Lovey Smith or whoever the Colts coach is, Frank Reich. Uh, poor Tom McCarthy. Why? What's wrong with this, him? This poor guy. He doesn't get to call the Phillies in the middle of a, pl- a playoff race. He's got to fly to Houston, Texas to watch an indoor football game. It ends in a tie. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, Rob, the Texans were up on the cold for most of this game. <laughs> they were winning the game the whole time. <laughs> what in God's green earth is happening in Indianapolis? Are they just... Basically uh, picking up where they left off, dude. But, you were right. I, I, we didn't elaborate on it, but they have they have just run through quarterbacks the last five years. Ever yeah. since Luck retired, it was Brissett one year. Then it was um, who was it? Twenty twenty would have Taylor? been No, I think nineteen might have been Brissett too. And then they went to uh, the Carson comes in. Carson they got Matt in. Ryan there. Yeesh. What are we doing? And Frank and Frank Wright this. You know, quarterback, you know, genius or whatever, yeah. coaching genius. That was a red flag. If Carson Wentz comes in, his like boy from the year prior or two years prior, and couldn't get it done with him, and then in one year they exit him out, not good, not good. Pretty scary. I mean, they they, they forced him out. I think he it's also Jim Mercer. Like nothing. I think it's Jim Jim Mercer. I think they're living in the shadows of Peyton Manning. Like, do you oh. will never have another Peyton Manning like that? Andrew Luck was your closest, but. He, his body just could not do it, dude. You know, so, you know the the one random quarterback we forgot that they had, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yes, I don't know me. What in the world is going on, dude? Hall of Famers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two out of the three guys. If Wentz continues to play well, maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer. But uh, they go from Luck. Poor. I'm not gonna. No one's throwing them any benefits going from freaking Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. But what a weird couple of years it's been for them. Dude, I think this game. I don't know if by you, but I think I wrote this off as a Colts win. Let's move on. When they yeah, were when I they were losing, we I'm like, did. there goes my oh, ticket. Yeah, kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, this is it. And then they tied it. And I'm like, all right, they're sh- sure enough, right? And then Rodrigo Blankenship misses key field goals in my, OT, um, and I'm like, oh no. My favorite tweet from this week was the um the AFC South is winless through one week and two of the teams played each other because the commanders <laughs> beat the jags 
the Texans and Titans or the Texans and Colts tied each other, and then the Titans lost the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked electric, which and is a great like, segue. He's already like one eighth of the way to your proclamation. I mean, um, I just Fat Randy missed the kick at the end of the game. <sighs> Tannehill sucks. I mean, Traylon Burks looks like a player though. You should just. I should just have like a crystal ball. Let's I'm give just you a victory lap. Yeah, let's find. Let's do it. Look, look, point of my finger. Like I'm all the way, baby. Let's let's go. If I can get credit for the Baker Mayfield touchdown, you get plenty of credit for Barkley's resurgence. He's fighting for a contract. I'm telling you right now, if the Titans are zero and two, I think you're you're on your way of getting Malik Willis quicker than yeah. week eight. I mean, they benched Mariota earlier than they probably should have, and Tannehill came in and led him to the playoffs. There's a chance the same thing happens with Willis. Traylon Burks looks like a player. Henry still himself. Dontrell Hilliard had two touchdowns. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, the Giants came back. Did you know that the Giants did not run a single play in Titans territory the entire first half? Really? Yeah. What the hell? That's how bad you, it was. If you were to and tell then, me that prior, I would say I think the Giants are getting spanked all over this field. They're going to be 31-10. Yeah. Danny Dimes should be fired released. Both defenses played pretty well. Um, Fat Randy missed the kick at the end of the game. Um, now, so the, the Giants scored a touchdown, and then they went for two, and they got it. Now, Dable is getting, you know, the wheelbarrow nuts treatment here, like Randy Marsh from South Park, because he's got the big <laughs> set of balls, and he, he went for two here. Yeah. If, if they rolled the dice and it didn't work out, what do you think the reaction would have been? Of course. What is this What is this Joe Judge lookalike doing? Why is he doing it? Or do you think it's, hey, it, you're playing with house money against a team that's probably better than you. You may as well go for the win. You're on the road. What do you think the uh, the reaction would have been? I mean, with those kind of things, like obviously, if they go for it, you're a hero. If you if you don't, you're like bashed over there, and then your team questions you, like, why do we do this? But yeah, look at that payoff, bro. You're your first time head coach, new regime, new era. We're gonna be aggressive, confident. You put basically a playmakers, put it in the hands of the playmakers. Put the ball in the hands own. of your best player. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, Monday Night Football, we'll get to that because that didn't end too well either. Someone Speaking get the memo. Of questioning your coach. Yeah, questioning Yikes. your coach. Yikes. But Barkley looks sensational. Yeah. Danny Dimes, game manager. Defense wasn't bad. Yep. I mean, they gave up points, sure, but look. They're pretty Titans good teams. Yeah. We're in the playoffs. You weren't. Yeah. And they were the one seed last year, weren't they? Were they? No. Got to be two. I'm almost. I'm pretty sure they were the one seed. Yes, 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 because they got the bye and Derrick Henry needed to buy. I appreciate. Were they one of the teams that lost to the um, to the what's it called? Not Steelers. What was it? Did they oh. lose to the um, the Bengals? It must have been the Bengals. The yeah. Bengals went back to back to back on the road. Yeah, pretty sure so. they they kicked three game winning field goals yes. or two game winning field goals. I'm sorry, McPherson. Now here's um yeah. So a couple things. Yeah, it's a results based league. So whatever happened on that last play, that's how you were going to gauge your reaction. Uh, my first question is going to be about Saquon Barkley. If he plays well this year, mm-hmm. what do you think happens? Do you think they give him a big contract? Do you think they let him walk? Or do you think they franchise tag him? Franchise. I think so, too. It's going to be a lot of money, but I think you have to. Yeah. And then my other question is no longer in my head. Um, oh, uh, if you were a Giants fan, I know neither of us are. After this game... Did have you did you learn anything about Daniel Jones? I learned nothing. There was no I, highlights. Or you, you leave the game knowing nothing more about Daniel Jones than you did entering it, which is kind of concerning if you're a Giants fan. It would be like if the Eagles just beat the Lions, but they did it completely independent of what Jalen Hurts did. You would leave the game going, "Well, I learned nothing." 
what do I need next year? Do I need a quarterback? Because he's another guy they might have to franchise or they might have to pay some sort of a transitional contract to. He's due a contract as well. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you, you make a good point. But, I mean, as long as you're winning, I mean, Joe Flacco, we just saw him, but he's 6 and 16 in his last 20. Yeah. But he's a Super Bowl champ based off the backs of playmakers on offense and yeah. primarily the defense. I mean, and, as long as you're winning, right? And coincidentally, Kadarius Tony was asked that after the game. Uh, they said, you know, does this feel kind of bittersweet? He said, bittersweet after a win? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> next up, Vikings and Packers. I put help wanted Green Bay wide receiver position. Um, all you no, need to say. Applications, yeah. Rodgers can only dump it off to his running back so many times. I didn't see enough of this game. I actually took a nap during the 4 o'clock hour. These games <laughs> kind of sucked. Um, so I didn't see any of this. I saw very little of the Chiefs game, and I saw very little of the Chargers game. So I, admittedly, I can't speak on any of these. And because of my work schedule, I was busy all day Sunday, so I couldn't see anything. Vikings but, uh, did look like they were in complete control for everything I saw, though. But, I mean, Vikings, for what it's worth, I mean, your prediction of Dark Horse team winning the division, they beat the Packers at home, and they held Aaron Rodgers to seven points. Defense, give credit to the defense. Yeah. They did pretty well. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to the segue as well. Uh, Chiefs, right Cardinals. Ahead. I mean... They didn't miss a beat, dude. If anything, they, they got scarier. They ran, I, I believe the stat was they ran like 67 offensive plays and they had like 33 first downs. Um, let me just double check that for the uh, the sake of being correct about it. Um, Does BNB ever leave that place? I, I think he's just waiting for Reed to retire. The Chiefs Buddy, had 34 dude. first downs on 66 plays. Uh, the Cardinals ran three fewer plays. They had almost half uh, how many first downs the Chiefs had. They had 18 first downs on 63 plays, ran 488 yards. That's almost double what the, the cards had. Mahomes was absurd. Kelsey was absurd. Chiefs look like they they don't even miss the guy. Juju quietly had six catches for 79 yards. Mahomes quietly had 360 yards. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like he might be kind of falling out of favor there. So, Yeesh. And Kyler Murray is apparently um, – I don't know if this is truly a stat, but I saw he's winless um, weekends that Call of Duty has double XP, <laughs> which it could be a meme, but it also could be true. I wouldn't put it past it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Chiefs, scary. And also, it's almost a statement one because a lot of people kind of wrote them off, like, without the cheetah, like, obviously going to have Kelsey and Mahomes, but not really going to be as explosive. Well, they kind of just put that up to you and be enemy. They brought in three guys. They brought in three guys. So they still have Hardman. They still have Kelsey. I know Kelsey's a tight end, but he's basically a receiver. Yeah. They brought in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They brought in Sky Moore. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. Those three guys can probably fill the role of Tyreek Hill just as fine as Tyreek Hill would have. For sure. Production-wise, you kidding me? Mahomes will make superstars. He's the new Brady. He will make superstars. Yeah. You got three receivers for the price of one. And you saved a lot of money. Yeah, saved money. And they could pay Kelsey. It's funny because I think a year ago we talked about there's a chance one of those two guys could be gone, whether Hill or Kelsey, or they're just going to lose all of their supplementary players. And they had to make that sacrifice, and they figured it out. Yeah. And speaking of uh, big paydays, Devontae Adams. Kind of quiet in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, quiet night. Yeah, weird night for the Raiders. Derek Carr looked 
like dog he, shit. He looked like a young Derek Carr. Um, yeah. And on the other end, Justin Herbert looks like just like a man possessed. Man, the sky's the limit for him. I know it's. I know we say we have a lot of nice things to say about Herbert, and his numbers aren't perfect. Two seventy nine. Uh, 129.4 QB rating, three touchdowns, no picks, um, and one uh, four carries for one yard as well with a long of three. Herbert, just fantastic. And he might be playing without Keenan Allen tomorrow, which is a little scary for him. Yeah. But he, he played great. I have a crush uh, he, on him. He just, he, he's incredible. Dante okay. Adams, 10 for 141 and a touchdown, so he didn't miss a beat. I mean, I think I think I have a crush on him. He, I, I'm not a religious man. But if, if I ever decide to go to church and I get down on my knees and I pray, I will thank the Lord every day that Justin Herbert didn't come out a year early because he'd be on the Giants right now. <laughs> they would have never taken Daniel Jones. You think? Cause, uh, Without Eagles, a shadow of a doubt, unless he goes first overall in that draft. Hey, man, Eagles took Gregor over Justin Jefferson. Fair. And the Vikings knew something that we didn't clearly. I just... I just don't understand how anybody can pass on Justin Herbert. I understand why Cincy took Burrow, but taking two over Herbert is going to haunt the Dolphins forever. <laughs> Which brings us to Sunday Night Football. The Bucks beat the Cowboys 19-3. What is it? Do you think this is more about the Bucks defense being good or the Cowboys offense being terrible? Neither. Kickers, baby. Kickers. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, dude. this is this is the kicker bowl. We so <laughs> Ben MGM was actually plus ten thousand for there not to be a touchdown in this game. There was only one touchdown. It was Mike Evans, which uh, made your boy some money. But uh, Mike hey. Evans, yeah, Cowboys Run, look pretty bad. I know they're blaming it on Dak being hurt, but Dak didn't get hurt till the fourth quarter. So what was your question and again? Was it the it, defense of the Bucks or the offense of yeah. the Cowboys? Gotta the, uh, be Cowboys offense, bro. Cowboys offense looks awful. You're at they, home. No Gallup. Zeke has lost a step. No more Cooper. I mean, CD Lamb. You can. Only, he's going to be double covered every time he goes down the field. Jalen Tolbert didn't even play. And mind you, Lamb dropped a couple key passes. Yeah, it, it, um, not Herbert. Uh, Prescott didn't look very good. He didn't look comfortable at all. I, Brady didn't look all that great either. He he made a lot of throws that I thought I was questioning. I was like, that's not Tom Brady. Do you think it's more uh, personal for him? Could be. He I missed some time as well. I thought the two best players in the field were Mike and Parsons and Leonard Fournette. Dude. I thought Fournette was the Fournette looked great. I said Fournette was like here for he's the for the people listening. Yeah. He's like I'm having like to my nose. Parsons is like to the ceiling. Parsons he, is incredible. What a pickup for the Cowboys in that draft. The fact that they they turned him from a linebacker to an edge rusher and just said, "All right, just go get the quarterback." And he's seemingly he, he's absurd. There's a video of Chris Long on his podcast. Yeah, he uh, he uh, Michael Parsons tweeted out the phone number for the Madden's rating, the Madden ratings people. Really? And Chris Long called the number live on his podcast and left a message about how great <laughs> Michael Parsons is. <laughs> uh, Julio Jones looks like he's back. At least Brady's going to try to make it uh, such. The new Antonio Brown yeah. without the clown uh, antics. So leads us to Monday Night Football. Uh, oh, the Seahawks defeat the Broncos 17-16. Bronco Nation, let's ride, but not on fourth and five. Um, <laughs> Geno Smith, Geno Smith was, you know, he looked better than his numbers would suggest. He came out, he was electric in the first half. Didn't miss a, really didn't miss anything. I think it was 17 of 18 at one point. Yeah, I think so. Um, Wilson was fine, but he looked like he kind of had the 
jitters. He didn't score in the red zone. They were 0 for 4 in the red zone. They fumbled twice on the goal line, and they got stuffed on another one. Uh, they got a weird spot on the, uh, the Alberto first down on the final drive. And then we got to talk about the last play. Um, fourth and five, they said they wanted to get to the 46. Nathaniel Hackett said, you know, we want to get to the 46. McManus even backed him up on Twitter. McManus is one for seven all time on kicks over 60. Mm-hmm. So let's not pretend that was going to be an automatic kick for him. And it had the distance, but it missed. It, it's about process, not outcome in some of these scenarios. I know in football, it's more of an outcome-based thing. But you, you at what point, and we talked about it with Dable, you lose the room if, if you start, you know, saying, guessing your coach there's not a single person in that room that was happy that they were trotting the kicker out on the field first of all they have 50 seconds left and all three timeouts my friend jeff texted me on sunday i've been like a little group message with a couple of my friends he said you should never lose a game with a timeout left and the broncos lost the game with two of their three and they almost lost it with all three 50 seconds left fourth and five that's more than enough time to call a timeout and figure out a fourth down play even if you convert it in between the sticks you call another timeout or you spike it awful 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 from Nathaniel Hackett, and for him to come out the next day and just say flat out that was the wrong move, that was also a bad idea. He doubled down the night of, and then the next day completely reversed course. I think this guy is, you know, he's giving me very, um, uh, you know, the name, Brandon Staley. I was giving me Joe Judge vibes. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, this is the uh, the Brandon Staley uh, bonehead coaching move of the week, yes. brought to you by Could Be You. Yes. Nathaniel I'm, Hackett. I'm proud brutal. of that uh, that award that I coined yes. literally how, days ago. How much do you think Rodgers hated him in Green Bay? Who? Hackett? Hackett. Hackett. Not as much yeah, as he hated moron. McCarthy. Yeah, if, if this moron <laughs> is making play calls like this, I'm I'm concerned about this Broncos team. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Give credit to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees... To a point, they probably audible the crap out of anything that comes. They they hear it on the headset. They're like, "Really? We're going with that? All right. Uh, they yeah, want us to do this. After that, we're doing this, that, and yeah, this. Doing something different." And at the line, he audibles it. Oh my god, dude! Um, awful. Yeah, I was awful, watching awful, it. Awful, awful. Fifty seconds, no urgency. Three timeouts, no urgency that, at all. That was more alarming. I, I know the time was ticking. Javante the Russ, got them. Russell Wilson looked shook, looked like a rookie quarterback, didn't know what was going on. His eyes wide open, looking over at the sideline. Yeah. The weird thing. And no one made the urgency. You're down. Like that like alone no was bad. The, it, um, I was watching a clip from the Manning cast. Eli said they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, Cortland Sutton looks disheveled. He doesn't know where he's going. The, the weird thing is the previous play, Javante Williams made that a fourth and manageable because he caught a pass, broke a tackle, and got like five extra yards. Mm-hmm. He figured he was dumping it off to the running back in an intermediate route. First of all, Sutton was wide open on third down. Uh, or, yeah. At, so, Javante gets on the fourth and five. You figure they're going to call a small play on the, th- on the third down to try to get half the yardage back. And then fourth down is when they want to convert. Otherwise, why would you do that? If, you're, if your goal is to get to the 46, rush through it to midfield. Javante gets wrapped there. It's fourth and 10, and you almost have to go for – I mean, you're not kicking a 75-yard field goal. Just for – I don't understand it. And I was – what. I don't know. Have you seen the Richard Sherman comments on it? Uh, on TikTok? I think so. I, 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 he's, it got was, foot, he's got, he's suffering from foot and mouth disorder. Yeah, honestly. But it was something along the lines of what I just said. There was no urgency, but there's what, that's why there's certain quarterbacks 
that you blame the game on and then others you blame the coach. This one, you got to you gotta kind of blame the quarterback or the coach, I, I think he said, because if it was Peyton, if it was Drew Brees, if it was Tom Brady, and that exactly happened, you would look at them like, yeah. what are you doing? You're a vet. You should know timeout, urgency, do, yeah. do, do, do. Certain, certain guys can make that call. He was basically taking a shot at Russell because Russell doesn't have that that leeway, that swag, that that yeah. uh, I he guess can't leash. Look over the sidelines and say, "I'm going to do this." It, it's a weird dynamic, though, because the only other time I can remember a quarterback and a coach both arriving in a place like that at the same time, where the quarterback is an established franchise QB, is Brady, and Brady got there at the same time as Arians, who was also an established coach. This is yeah. you know Hackett, a, a first time head coach, and Wilson, a guy who's never, never been moved before, doesn't really have that personality. So it's not like he went to the sideline and was like, "No, we're 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 going to go Bronco Nation. Let's ride to the first down here." He's um he's just going to be cool. He gave gave him a high five and just looked like, "Oh Christ, we're going to lose this game." Yeah. It, it almost felt like it, it. It one of them had to be the alpha there, and the wrong guy was the alpha. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you call timeout there, fifty seconds left. You got a minute to figure something out, and you have to have a money play that with an intermediate yardage, you know, you're going to get five yards. Whether it's a little screen pass, whether it's the Albert O who was really good on the final drive, whether you just want to go Sutton, go with your best against their best, or find Judy in space, they they have a million weapons on the team, and Russ can always make plays with his legs, and if they spy him, that leads it you know one defender out of the play. So I mean, they, it it felt like they were not prepared for that, and it will only make Hackett better long term, hopefully for yeah. his sake, mm-hmm. and maybe. You know, I I worry that the next game is going to be like fourth and six, or like midfield, they're going to try to go for it to overcompensate but and it's gonna be a screen not pass. a good look for him <laughs> and it couldn't have happened at a better place the, the seahawks Honestly. fans were thrilled they were loud i can finally root for the seahawks again now that russ is gone he's top five least likable player in the nfl for me mr unlimited unlimited was limited see his, today see his or last night. cringe Sorry. someone Disgusting. said i read somewhere that russell wilson is basically a method actor playing quarterback he's dry, dry blanket and then someone just showed the mr unlimited unlimited that's he's right disgusting. he's he, disgusting he is gross here's a question and we can probably just move on to the mm-hmm. to, so we can review for me this is a 60 40 blame and 60 on the coach 40 on i might even go 55 45 honestly i don't know do you because imagine super bowl well, just Philly special. In that crucial point, what do you think? Just Nick Foles is going to walk up and say, just nothing? Just look over to the sign. Not even walk over. Just look, look at Dougie P. Like, yeah. Wait uh, for Dougie to decide whether he wants to kick a field goal there. or That's yeah. Nick Foles. That's the thing. That's why I'm giving a, a pretty good chunk of blame to Russell. You're a vet. You're on the rope at a place that you called home for the lo- 10 years. You call yeah. a timeout knowing you have another one to burn. And let's figure this out. Don't just let it ride and just look over and like, okay, that's the play. All right, let's go for it. Yeah. What are we doing? To kick yeah. it? Seven McManus is a good kicker, but he's a good kicker. One of six, kick. you he's said. Not, he, he, yeah, he, lifetime he's been bad from, from now, distance, and that's a tough stadium to kick in. If this was Greg Zerline in his heyday with the Rams, or, or if this was Justin, Justin Tucker, Tucker. Or even uh, Jake the Snake. Jake, like for sure. Or Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that don't do that Blankenship <laughs> kicked two two kickoffs out of bounds on Sunday a, a young Rodrigo Blankenship when he first got to the league yeah rookie Rodrigo before yes. week 12 
Friend of the show still. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Well, come on. You got nothing else to do. Yeah, right. You have, you have some free time on Sundays. You go build some Legos. Right. If like those kickers, I'm like, all right, let's go for it. Whatever. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. You paid Russell Wilson. You went out and got him. John Elway yeah, you went you paid all that him. money for him. Yeah. And you couldn't have a better opportunity at the place that he knows best that he called home. Five yards. And you fumbled the bag. You fumbled the bag. All but, you need is five. But you can also say the Broncos were the better team on paper, defensively as well. They should have never been in that position. They looked sloppy from start to finish, and it was fitting that it ended that way because they didn't deserve to win. If they won, it would have been a cheap win. They literally got away with murder if they won that game, to be honest. Yeah, they, they did they not deserve to win. That's one of those games you would say, wow, the Broncos really stole one. And I would pick a heavy favor on whoever the Broncos face next week because that looked like a dog shit of a team. And the Seahawks, though, give credit to the Seahawks. Geno Smith, like you said, sensational. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I love Yeah. I think my I think uh, my over-unders is looking pretty fucking good. And we'll, we'll yeah, cover so that far, to, so on Friday. Yeah, we'll, dump, we'll looked, do all that on Friday. It looks the, um, it looking good. The Broncos, not to get ahead of ourselves, they take on – I don't see them on here. They get kicked out of the league. The Broncos. Oh, they take on the Texans. That's a RGRG. <laughs> they showed up for that performance. There's the uh, the get right game of the week. Um, <laughs> the rep. All right. Uh, so the biggest standout for you this week? <sighs> biggest standout. Mm, let's go with the Bears. I went, a, I went a little off the grid here. I went Giants defense. They that, they good. showed us something, and I. I'm not the I'm not a Giants guy, but they showed us something this weekend. And hey, Falcons, Falcons really, they were the, uh, the, they had the most valor in defeat this week. Uh, biggest disappointment for you? I'm sorry, were you going to say something? I was going to say the Bears for me. I mean, you yeah. see, Justin Fields, yeah. you saw how confident the swag. He looked like Ohio State Justin Fields. They would never under Magny do that celebration as they yes. slip and slide into the end zone, and that was one of the coldest pitchers of all time. Who's that pose coach? at the end? Who's their coach now? Definitely not Magny or Magny. Yeah, one of us, I guess. It's a new guy, I believe. One of us. But uh, for the Bears, yeah. New regime. You can see the life swag. It's a young I team. I can't think of who their coach is. But yeah, that was cool when they did the Slogan's Life. Act like you've been there. Well, they haven't been there, so whatever. <laughs> and also, uh, McDenton. Uh, oh, it's Matt Eberflus. He's another um, Indianapolis yeah. guy. Um, What was his name? Fuck. Uh, the coach for the Dolphins. Good for him to a big um, win McDaniel. beating beating and he went for it on fourth and seven. Yes, what, and here's the opposite of what uh, that fourth and seven was Waddle touched. And it all, and also it um it see what Tyree Kill had had to say for the game. So you get him a wheelbarrow for his nads. You're getting the confidence of your players. The yeah. Dable treatment. Um, biggest it, disappointment this week. Also, he had Supreme Air Force Ones on game. Of day. course, he did, and probably Legos at home. What a G! Don't do that. I think that's a good, good combination <laughs> with him, An analytics guy with Tua. I think they'll be. I think they're gonna be fun. Yeah. Wow. Dis- disappointment this week. Biggest disappointment. Cowboys got kind of double down with what you said. I, I don't. I don't mind putting the Niners in this one. Um, uh, yeah. I am. I'm gonna go Niners. Cowboys are a good one, and uh, honestly, the Broncos. I know it's easy yeah. to pile on them, and I think they'll figure it out, but. Uh, that was a disappointing game. I, I expected more from them. From they felt like a, almost like the Brady Bucks light, because I mean they had Sutton in place, they had Judy in place. It felt a lot like yeah. when Evans and Godwin were in place for Tampa. I, I, weird, and I don't. And then the Jets, I guess, disappointing, but they were 
supposed Expect to suck. It? Yeah, but I thought much. they would. I thought they would show us more. Their defense was decent, but they just look like they suck, and that's bad because I thought they were going to win like six games this year. But also, let's not let's because it's easy to do this, but like we're also not taken away from the defenses. Like Baltimore came in there and they shut down. It's not easy to shut down an NFL team like that. I mean, they can yeah. suck short, but yeah, that team beat the Titans last year, so yeah, must be doing something right. For me, it's the Broncos. I mean, the the Cowboys. Broncos are horrible. But they were in that game from beginning to end. Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys in a field goal like they off, were gonna win. and a field goal off at yeah. home, you couldn't muster up a touchdown. <laughs> Offense was bad. McCarthy, you are, buddy. I'd be surprised if you make it to to uh, the bye week. And uh, what do you want to go with for team of the week? Team of the <laughs> week. I'll give it to the Giants. For edging out that win. Oh, you wanted like an actual team. Oh, I went. Oh, what do you mean? To, I I I did what they do in like FIFA, where they pick a player for each position. <laughs> really, we're doing my, that. Uh, yeah, my quarterback <laughs> of the week is going to be Mahomes. I gave no my my running back of the week to Saquon. <laughs> my receiver of the week is going to be Jamar Chase, and then my tight end was going to be Kelsey, and then my defensive unit was going to be the Giants. But yeah, the Giants were the team that kind of showed me the most this week um, relative to what I expected out of them. Although we both had them to win, it's still. It, did we? Yes. I thought you fit the Titans. I, th- I said this is going to make a lot of people in my life very happy, <laughs> including my uh, my brother-in-law and two other yes, friends. Yes, so. yes, you did. And then you smacked the table because you had them too. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, next week, I will be prepared with having a proper team of the week. But uh, I, no, I'm, I totally misunderstood that. No, no that's okay. So, um, but yeah, for me, it's the Giants. I mean, yeah, y- you thought yeah. you you didn't really have any expectations. Saquon's coming back. Danny Dimes is really not your quarterback for the future. Let's be honest. Yet yeah. they go into Tennessee and edge out a win. And luckily, obviously, he missed a field goal because they would have lost. Obviously, yeah, Christ, but, yeah, they, they they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. But good win for Brian Dable. And I mean, up and up for the yeah. Giants. Happy for them. Happy for the Giants. I'm not a Giants fan. I'm not. But, fuck them. Um, <laughs> but I can respect a good one when I see yeah, one. My bravos. My my silver medal for this one's going to be the uh, the Washington Commanders. They they played a great the game. NFC East, buddy. Yeah, oh NFC, my god. NFC beast, and look who's in fourth. Uh, <laughs> How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? All right, Thursday night preview. This um, is where if we had a producer, we would uh, put in Crimea River. Yeah, we have, <laughs> that was such uh, a good episode. Yeah. Oh, the crying um, cowboy. So the fan. Thursday night football preview, we're not going to go super in depth because there's not much to go off of here. But the Kansas City Chiefs host the Chargers. Kansas City's minus four, over under 54 and a half. This is the Amazon Prime debut of the new crew of Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, this is going to be Kirk Herbstreet's third NFL game. It will be Al Michaels' 5,000th. Kirk <laughs> did uh, two games with Chris Fowler, both a uh, doubleheader on ESPN games. He did the, uh, the, first in, the first Monday night football game of 2020, empty stadium, Pittsburgh and the Giants. And then he did Kansas City with Denver last year where Drew Locke scored twice. Um, what do we expect from the new crew? I'm actually more excited for the crew than I am for the game. Um, um, Kirk Herbstreit going from college back to the NFL and then back to college all in the span of about seven days. Hardest working man in commentary right now in, in sports He's broadcasting. He's one um, of my favorite. I don't watch too many college football, but when I did the national championship last year, sensational. Uh, him and Chris Fowler, they're the best crew in football. They are, honestly. So, I mean, I'm sure Al Michaels will kind of have a similar, you know, feel role with him. I'm just interested to see. I'm, I'm excited for Thursday Night Football. Usually those games suck, yeah. and they come out with a yeah, bang. They, got the, they made sure to get um, 
make sure to give to give Amazon a good cough slate button, this year. Cough button. <laughs> uh, it just comes out of nowhere. It's like Tourette's. Oh. <laughs> but, um, uh, not to get too sure much Amazon, into it. Amazon paid millions for this crap. They're going to give them a decent schedule. Oh, Bezos just threw the house on him right here. Uh, Bezos <laughs> pissing in a bottle somewhere. Thrilled. Um, I'll go right now. Chargers win. I'm going to go Upset. Chiefs. I think Chiefs beat them. All right. There you go. There you go. We're going to have a great graphic up on tomorrow with uh, one logo on one side the other logo on the other you split your audience <laughs> i think the chiefs are going to beat him and i don't think it's um i don't know kickers comma am i right i don't know i think the chiefs are just going to beat him you think, straight the trend, up. you think the trend keeps going kickers galore the year of the kicker i don't think mahomes and andy are going to leave this up to a kicker especially with theirs out uh butker is out this week and matt amandola signed from the jets former jet I was excited to see Justin Reed kick because when Butker got hurt on Sunday, they had one of their backup safety, Justin Reed, kicking off and kicking field goals and stuff. It's actually pretty sick. We'll do this next week for the fans, but let's give them an accurate kicker MVP. What are the odds for that? We'll the the kicker. God knows what happens. Is that going to be in the TTP? That will have five selections. The fifth one will be the most reliable kicker of the week because Jay Kelly might win that. Because honestly, he was, he was five for five on uh, extra points and he kicked a field goal. So he's electric. I love it. Um, but yeah, well, I, Justin, I, Justin Tucker should win it every week because he's like, dude, if go. you if you if you went back to the year, so I don't want to get off track. That we'll make this quick. Justin Tucker, real quick. If you went back to the year he was drafted, knowing what you know now, would you use? Would you have drafted him in the first round? And, what? No, are you talking about me or go, the whole league? You, all 32 you, knowing teams. what you know, knowing what you know now, you go back, you can travel back in time. You draft, I think it was 2011. You can draft for a team. Would you draft him in the first round knowing he's a sure thing? I I, I would draft him for sure. First round? Who was I mean, in that draft? I I don't know. If the, what, like my position. Was that but, the Cam Newton draft? I, I forget what draft that was. But Cam Newton? He, Jesus. I think that was a Cam Newton draft. But I mean, if you had how the, silly would that be? You pick him in the first round, people would look at you crazy. Took him third overall. People were like, what is? And then this guy's—he's the greatest kicker of all time. But he has the greatest kicker of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. <laughs> Fuck it. You guys, you guys just don't not? know yet. Yeah. yeah, you don't know. I will. I will sink with this ship. But you, uh, you could have traded back like fifty spots and still got it. Don't worry about it. It would be it's back not, to the future. About, it's not about where you drafted. It's about who you drafted. It's back to the future all over. I'll just alter. The future as I know it. Fair. Yo, Rob, put all your money on this man. He's gonna make all these kicks, guaranteed. Re- reminds me of Trevor Plouffe last year when um when he predicted that the Braves would beat the Astros in six and Bless he did you. it in like March. <laughs> Plouffe, there it is. All right. Um, you want to do the scramble um, time? Uh, yeah, let's do the scramble. Eggs are in the bowl. We whisk it. Th- we whisk them. There's a little bit of butter in the pan. <laughs> Scramble time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got seven on here. I'll ask you the first question because I have no idea what, what to say about this aside from the fact that the the, the one guy, guy made me money. <laughs> All right, ready? Ready. And good. All right. Uh, UFC 279 was a hit, exclamation point. What are your take? What are your tackle aways? My tackle aways. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't do the rundown at 12 p.m. You moron. <laughs> me, not you. What are your takeaways? Um, sensational fight card. I think it was still rigged at the end of the day. Um, conveniently, everyone made their respective weight at all catch weights. Nate Diaz rides off into the sunset with a win 
on a submission on the lone takedown from his opponent. Clearly gets the neck. Uh, Shemaev is just an absolute beast. Ragdolled Holland like a like a twelve year old all over the fucking octagon before he choked him out. Shout out to one of my employees who told me to take him in by submission. Uh, I got a question. So I yeah, heard right. on uh, on the radio last week that there was a fight backstage, and then because of the weight issue, they just decided to put the two guys that fought backstage into an actual fight together. Is this true? Yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly. sick. Dana's got it all figured out, dude. Yeah, I'm, that's he, what I'm he, saying. It's Rick. He UFC is WWE without the predetermined finish. And here's the thing: no one wanted to see Chimaev, the guy who missed weight versus Nate, because he would probably kill Nate, and Nate's a fan favorite. And no one really wanted to see Ferguson, the guy Nate ended up fighting, face uh, uh, G Ling, like a Chinese prospect. No one really wanted to see it. Yeah. So you got two fan favorites in the main event, and you got the two bad bloods in the co-main event. It worked out perfectly. Uh, good. Good for them. They know what they're doing. Uh, newly acquired Cavaliers guard Donovan Mitchell recently said, quote, it would have been nice, end quote, to be traded to the Knicks. Uh-oh, Rob. <laughs> Do you think he has any resentment toward his new team and vice versa? To quote TJ McConnell on the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast four years ago, Uh-oh. they wanted to send me to Cleveland. I don't want to go to fucking Cleveland. Um, <laughs> I, I think this could cause a little bit of an issue in the locker room with other guys, maybe looking at Mitchell, especially with the NBA being such a soap opera. But I don't think I think it's an it's a non-story right now. But when Mitchell demands a trade two years from now, I think it'll come back up. Then, what do you think? Uh, hey man, I wouldn't put it out there that the Knicks make an offer during trade deadline or next year. See what happens. We'll see. They're setting up right. something. Um, so, Albert Pujols currently sits at 697 career home runs, and Aaron Judge currently has 57 home runs this season, uh, with Pujols eyeing 700 and Judge eyeing 62. Do you think they will reach these particular landmarks? They have about three weeks remaining in the season. For our sakes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You have money on Judge. I have money on Pujols. Yes, yes, I got money on both, and I got money on uh, Judge winning MVP. So Happy trails, everybody. Um, (laughs) What? With PTI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's a happy man. I love that show. Uh, CC Sabathia recently said on MLB Network that Shohei Otani is the MVP every year that he's healthy and continues to get better as a pitcher. Do you agree, Rob? Um, so in theory, yes. But I do think MVP is so narrative-driven that sometimes it's just a guy's quote-unquote year. I think this just judges a year. But I agree. Otani pitches and hits. It's absurd. And he does both at an elite level. Can, imagine having Mookie Betts and Shane McClanahan all in one player, and he only takes up one roster spot. It's ridiculous. What do you think? Same. I think it's almost like the similarity of in the NBA. Like LeBron's, yeah, it, it's for exactly. the longest, was the basic, the basically the MVP. He could win it every year. Seth was Steph Curry. Giannis is getting that treatment. Jokic is about to get that treatment, hopefully. Yeah, yeah the voter fatigue on Otani is actually pretty quick, too. Yeah. But Otani, that's baseball is one of the hardest sports out there. You're hitting the ball. It, it baseball the, the, does not get enough credit. It's the hardest sport the, out the there. Strength in, the strength in this man's legs, considering the fact that he pitches, and that takes it, it's a lot more leg than his arm. And then he hits, which comes from the legs too. It's absurd. Um, if you're the Eagles, would you trade Gardner Minshew to Dallas for a second day draft pick, meaning a second or third round pick? I would never give my enemy ammo. Screw them. Let the, let them flounder away. And plus, the Cowboys themselves said they're not going for another quarterback. They're going to wait till Dak gets back, hopefully by week four, which is a crime because we see them in week five and we're going to murder him. <laughs> this is craziness. I yeah, hope I'm, he does come back. I we'll would rather have Mitch Chu here with all the hits, hurts, takes anyway. Uh, if you're Dallas, yeah. who would you trade for, though, if you if you were to trade for somebody? I got one name in mind. 
I would call up San Francisco. Give me Jimmy G. Give me Jimmy give G. Give me yeah. Jimmy G and Big Take a shot. It sells itself. Or Tyrod Taylor. Or give me uh, call up the football team and give me Heineke. Ooh. Nah. Big D, they want to make a splash. Yeah, they want to make a splash. You're right. Yeah. That's they want to make a splash. Give me Tom Brady. Then again, if they... <laughs> <laughs> then again... If they They're wanna, calling a breeze to see if they get him out of retirement. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Sean Payton. Because they don't look like he's going to stay. Come on. Did you know when uh, McNabb snapped his leg in 2002, um, Jeffrey Lurie tried to sign Troy Aikman out of retirement? Holy shit. I did. I vaguely it, it, it almost that. happened. It almost happened. I think Aikman confirmed it. That's what, yep. that's what it was. Um, oh, all right. I'll, le- I'll read the second to last one. Uh, emails obtained by Mississippi court showed that Brett Favre obtained welfare funds in order to build a new volleyball center. Is Brett a scumbag? <laughs> yes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell beats up Adrian Peterson. What are your thoughts? And that was it. That's my thoughts. Oh, okay. Um, no, that's <laughs> just Thank you for sure. I didn't, I didn't realize this was a thing until I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> did you see the knockout? I did, yes. That's the only thing I saw. Yeesh. His Poor head it. bounced off that canvas. We had a fake rapper against a guy who beats his kids. Weird. We had an overweight... NBA player and uh, Swaggy P looking crazy out there. This is a, and people pay. I I kind of judge every person that walked into that arena and paid money to see that fight. I, I had like, the what mis- are you doing with your life? Fortune. I had the misfortune of seeing Le'Veon Bell's second game as a Jet live because I went to the the Monday Night Football game that uh, Trevor Simeon snapped his leg in the first quarter. Yikes! What a horrendous career arc for Le'Veon Bell. He was drafted in like the second or third round out of Michigan State. He became the most unique running back in the NFL. He was basically Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey, just better and durable. Then he holds out for more money, and then he sucks. Then he puts out crappy rap music, and then he retires. Then he goes to the wrong team in the Super Bowl, and then, yeah, falls apart. What a weird career arc, and I feel pretty sad for him because he's a running back, and you know running backs don't have a long staying power, but he's weird. I'm thankful every day that Howie Roseman or whoever the GM was at the time didn't pull the trigger and get him. Because there was talks like, yeah. oh, leave Pittsburgh and come to Philly. And he was like, oh, yeah, I would like to go to Philly. Thankfully, he did not. If you Go told to Miami me, and then go to Kansas City, do your thing, get out of my face. If you told me in 2017 that a football team would have Sam Darnold, who at the time was at USC and highly touted, Le'Veon Bell, who's the best running back in the world, and Demarius Thomas, who at that point was still pretty good, if a team was going to have all three of them and it was going to be the Jets and they were going to suck, I would have told you you're nuts. And they wound up on the same team together, and they all suck together. But. I would look at you crazy. Like, there ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way, boy. All right. Uh, W's and L's, I'm down to 2% of my phone, so I got to hope my L's are still accessible for me on here. Uh, go first. Go first. All right. My first L is uh, the Angels. This is the seventh consecutive year that they will finish under 500 in spite of having the two best players in the world. Generational players in the world. Gen- it could be the two best players in the entire world. Uh, Judge probably is number one right now, but uh, perennial two best players in the world. Yeah, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. I'm sorry, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Mike Trout has he's third in, in Major League Baseball in home runs. Uh, I'm sorry, he's fourth uh, behind Austin Riley, Kyle Schwarber, and Aaron Judge, who's on a different planet. planet. He he's played um, 100 games, 101 games as of today. Judge, who's number one, has played 140 games. Kyle Schwarber 139, Austin Riley 135. So Trout is fourth in Major League Baseball in home runs, and he's played 40 fewer games than the guys ahead of him. And I think you mentioned the other day he hit a home run in seven straight games. Seven straight games. He had an RBI today. He didn't hit a home run, but he had an RBI today. Uh, 
he, he's he's a machine. Every single offseason, he finds a flaw in his game and he fixes it. One year, all he did was strike out on high fastballs. The next year, he dropped the strikeout rate by 10%. He plays the game perfectly. He knows the ins and outs of baseball. It, it as just he sucks that he's on the West Coast. It, he should leave, but he's like... If anything you can get from the being commissioner, that dumb fantasy league, he's just <laughs> not assertive enough. He needs to get the hell out of there. You're um, a star. You're a generational player. Sure, LA is great. The money's great, but don't you want to win? Compete. They make the they playoffs. Out the uh, the draft results from that league, by the way. Uh, <laughs> one one more quick thing, quick bullet point. Yeah. Show me how Tony's a free agent after next season. Where do you think he goes? The Junkies. Um, Fireman Joe said the Dodgers, and I think he's uh, about as dead on as you could possibly be. That would be gross. The richest keep getting richer. I think the Yankees make a lot of sense, especially if Judge walks. And the only other team that I thought maybe Boston? could do it is maybe, maybe the Mets, but the Mets are going to have to splurge on Degrom this year, so yeah, I don't know. I really don't know the the salary cap, like who's who can it's afford Otani. The, the rich own the rich owners want to pay for him; they'll get him. I think yeah. Steve Cohen will will do anything he can. Well, How many else did you have? I'm sorry, I have three. Okay, we may as well alternate. I have four total. Okay. You want to finish yours? Because you're on 2%. That's why. Uh, no, I'm good. I, I I can figure it out from here. All right. You can help me on here on sure. this this uh, Giants pitcher, Lytle. His first name, I don't know. Uh, yes. Uh, something Littell. I think it's Zach. Littell. Excuse me. Um, for those who didn't know, uh, the other night, Giants pitcher uh, Lytle, Littell, got pulled from Gabe, Gabe Kapler. You know, they were boy. losing by yeah, they were losing by a run, and he gave up two that inning without getting. Uh, he only he only got two outs. So Kapler, as a good manager, has seen enough. Goes to the mound to take him out, get his reliever in, fighting well, for the playoff spot. Well, this pitcher decided to show up. Gabe Kapler kind of put the ball a little firmly in the hands of his manager. Gave a look, said some words. Gabe Kapler gave him the death look. Kind of shrugged it off and just continued on business. Yeah. Later on, the camera crew and the broadcast see that Gabe Kapler kind of like says, "Hey, let me talk to you, son. Let's go down here, down the dugout. God knows what happened down there, because you know, mince words and whatnot. But it wasn't a pleasant conversation to say the least. And this is why, kids, if you're into baseball or any sport, never show up your coach or your manager, because a day later, this guy got rele- relegated to AAA." Probably for the foreseeable uh, season. So, oh, for misconduct. And all you... He's young. I get it. You're frustrated. You want to compete, it's, but... It's very no it's embarrassing. It's a helpless feeling when you get pulled. I, I've only ever gotten pulled from a game in the middle of an inning, I think, four times. Yeah. And twice just because I ran out of gas and two times because I was very poor. I, it happened to me last year. I gave up a grand slam in the first inning of a game. <laughs> And then Jesus. got got pulled in like the third inning. It's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing feeling. You, you can't hide your face. Like he was probably just pissed and he was embarrassed. Um, th- there's a video. I forget. Where, I forget where it was. It was like 08 or 07. It might have been either Lou Pinella or maybe Dusty Baker or one of those old school managers came out to take their pitcher out. And the pitcher instead of handing the ball just like tossed it to him. And the manager made him walk back on the mound, handed him the ball, and made the pitcher <laughs> hand him the ball. Good. Might, it might have even been Charlie. I feel like it might have, For some reason, Brett Myers is popping into my head. I'll figure it out. Uh, uh, um, my second L. 
Yeah. Um, some bozo at the Dolphins game left a grill on in the parking lot <laughs> and Yo. a fire started and four cars were destroyed in the parking lot. A foreman grill on fire. This is Moron. craziness. Just an idiot. How mad would you be if we walked to a Phillies parking lot in your car or the, the spark is on fire? Nothing I can do about it. Too. I would fucking be living. How are you supposed to know who did it? Like I, The person sitting there like, oh my God, it's on fire. Is that your car? What the f- the helpless feeling when you're in the stadium and you see a fire coming from the direction you know you parked. <laughs> Ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way, boy. Uh, my second L uh, is a, it's a two for one. The Chicago Bears new field. My goodness. Did they not prep for weather? It was like a pool, basically, with grass in it. Um, at one point, <laughs> I don't know why this is a rule, but apparently... The Bears were driving down, and they were going to sh- kick a field goal, and then the team oh, got God. towels and tried to wipe down <laughs> the area where the kicker was going to kick the ball. And the referees threw a flag saying it was unsportsmanlike conduct for wiping the field with a towel based on the rules. All across donkeys everywhere, every single one of you. The rule, the field, the management, and I'm sure you have a coincidal uh, L with this game in this field, but atrocious and embarrassing for the Chicago yeah. Bears. That the them doing the thing with the towel reminds me of when the Eagles played the Lions in the snowball in 2013. <laughs> the Lions scored a touchdown and they called timeout and they had their entire offensive line kicking snow out of the way so they could try to spot the field goal kick. <laughs> uh my third L it's is such a good I, team by the way. Yeah. Classic. It was. My third L is gonna be the Washington Commanders. Um so it, it wasn't actually the Commanders. It was um actually either a shop or a person outside the stadium that was selling these they were selling so washington plays in atlanta maryland which is in washington dc um somebody designed a mug with the Damn washington it. commander's logo in the middle of the outline of the washington state and tried to sell them and i bet you people bought them i would have bought it judging by your reaction this is uh probably on your else as well my third and last oh yeah i, I saw it on tiktok dude i would have bought it twice over i would have sold it for like it's a memorabilia of history it's, and then would have kept one for myself it's like they're being a football team in berlin new jersey and they're selling um mugs with the outline of berlin germany oh my god Incredible. was that your, uh, uh, was that yeah. your third l yeah that was my third l okay um it's fitting my fourth l this is this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life what's up um the world of chess has been rocked by the biggest scandal in years after a player allegedly used wireless anal beads and its vibrations to single his next move. So some dude was cheating in chess by using wireless anal beads and the vibrations in his asshole. This is the biggest L I've ever dished out. Wait. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. The headline is all I need. And it's real. That's a real report. That's not the onion. It's real. <laughs> no. I don't understand no the way. whole chess thing because you can literally see it happening in real time. There's nothing being hidden in chess. It's not like you're stealing signs in baseball. It's like the dude just moves his hand and you're like, all right, well, I saw what he did. This this might be a dumb question, but I was taught in school there's never a dumb question. <laughs> Were they wireless anal beads in his asshole? Well, where else would they be? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. They're wireless. They can be anywhere. I, I don't know. But uh, supposedly, so <laughs> what, what, the what, they were say, what they said on the radio. So is you're saying they, he's like this. Um, night to 
B14. <laughs> just jolts out of his chair. So from what I understand, that there were people that were like spotters that were watching the match that had studied his opponent's every move and tendency to try to signal to him what they thought the opponent was going to want to do. And that's what, and so they were signaling moves for this guy <laughs> to do based on that. I'm interested. There's going to be a book about this, and I can't wait for it. I can't wait for the Netflix documentary. Yes. All right. How many W's do you have? Give me uh, Matthew McConaughey as the lead in that one. Yes. Um, I have right, four right, dubs. Right. I got five. Ooh. Uh, I like it. Um, so I'm hopefully I'm not stealing any of yours, but uh, ain't no way, boy. My first one. I uh, my first one. Um, the uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina using wireless anal beats to signal signs. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina tonight set the record for most starts as a pitcher-catcher combo, 325 in Major League Baseball history. They passed Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan of the Detroit Tigers. Good for them, man. Molina's been crushing it lately, too. Yeah, and uh, Christian Yelich was nice enough to take the first pitch. This way Molina could catch it, throw it to the dugout. That ball's going to the Hall of Fame. That's awesome. Pretty cool. And two couldn't happen to two better guys. Honestly, um, uh, my next L is an honorary W that I missed last week. Okay, and that was due to us being at the ballpark during uh, Thursday night football. But uh, we missed an awesome moment, Rob. I don't know if you caught it on you know social media, especially TikTok, which is where I found it. But during the games when uh, Bills receiver Isaiah McKenzie scored a touchdown, when the cameraman you know they come up to you as soon as they as you're celebrating after a touchdown, he basically took his mouthpiece out. And just yells, it's a boy. Now, you would think, like, what the heck is he talking about? Yada, yada, yada. He proceeded to celebrate. Well, thanks to TikTok, and of all, uh, the TikTok is at Buffalo Bills. So the Bills themselves leaked this they, out. They have a quite a wild TikTok, by the way. Oh, I got I to gotta follow yeah. up then. Um, apparently, that was a gender reveal for his sister. So his oh, sister's no watching That's the cool. game. And you could see her. There's a camera on his sister's like, wait, 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 what is it? And then all you see is, it's a boy. And then they just go in celebration. So I thought it was a pretty cool way to agenda reveal for his sister, too. It's pretty I awesome. Didn't, I didn't see the name of the player, but I think somebody on the Jets, whoever scored the Jets only touchdown this week, did a uh, like a baby rocking dance when they scored the touchdown, holding the, hold the football. And that, that was their way of like paying tribute to a kid at home. I forget who it was, though. Oh, that's Maybe Garrett cool. Wilson. I don't, I don't remember. Um, all right, That's my cool. next W, uh, Julio Rodriguez becomes the third player to ever, the third rookie to have 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases in a season. He becomes the first player to do it in his debut season. So Mike Trout and Chris Young, are uh, they're both modern players. Uh, Mike Trout and Chris Young both did it in their rookie seasons, but technically the previous year they had debuted and not played enough games to be a rookie. So the following year they were still a rookie. Yeah, uh, Julio becomes the first player to do it in the first year he's in the major leagues. So Jeez. that's pretty cool. He's, he's a stud, and uh, the Mariners could not have played that any better, signing him to that ridiculous contract. Which is probably gonna be very less <laughs> with what years? I, I mean, years once, in? once Judge gets paid, and then you know Soto gets paid, and all these other guys get paid, that that contract's gonna look like nothing. Him and Acuna, yeah. I, it sucks that they got kind of fucked, but they're they secured the money early, so good for them. Yeah, good for him too. Good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Yeah, it seems cool. Number two. Uh, I'm, I got to pull up a video. It has to go coincide with this. But uh, famous Jameis gets my uh, second win of the thing. Yes, you'd be surprised. The man, the gift that keeps on giving. 
He gives us another post-game interview gem. Uh, He essentially thanked God for getting him through a painful game. And when asked specifically, where was the pain? He gave us a goal by saying everywhere. And I'll just play the videos. Hopefully it... uh, My my favorite Jameis video is um, Jim Harbaugh. Or John oh. Harbaugh asks him when he's before he becomes a before he gets drafted, basically are you a jerk? And they said, Have you ever gotten in trouble? He said, Yeah, I got in trouble because I laughed at my high school coach because he cried. <laughs> I don't know if he's intentionally being funny or is funny, but he's I think, he, I think he's just hilarious. That dude's great. Here's the 18 second clip of the video. Let's see if I can get it. I was in pain, but I trust my teammates. We kept fighting, we never gave up. So all the glory belongs to God. He's the one that brought me through. Where was the pain, Jameis? Yeah, just pain. It was pain everywhere. So we got to keep on pushing pushing through and being resilient. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's the opposite of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> um, my third W. So um, far, no overlapping. No, not yet. I, I think there's a chance one of them is. I got to pull up the story. This is the one I was worried about losing the uh, the juice. Um, so Albert Pujols, his 697th home run. This is the most recent one that he hit. Uh, Matt and Samantha Brown caught Albert Pujols' 697th home run. Uh, Samantha's father passed away one year ago to the day that she caught the ball. They met with Albert to give him the ball back. They wanted him to have it. He told them to keep it and sign two more for them. He said it would mean a lot more to you guys than it would to me. So, That's very beautiful. cool. He's That's cool. He's the, cool. He's the best. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna see. He's a legend. Yeah, honestly. Uh, my third dub, also another video that I had to play with, but my third dub goes to another quarterback. Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, now, I personally this, thought this, he was out of the league. <laughs> Honestly, it, I didn't know he was in the league. Was it, did he make this quote up or did he use like a rapper's quote? Because somebody called it a Drake quote, but I wasn't sure if it was actually a Drake quote or if they're equating it to something Drake would say. That I do not know, to be honest. I really don't know. Um, oh, wait, I don't have it. I thought I did. Oh, um, so, uh, oh I, I have it. it. I have it. Okay. I just got to play it. Um, but dude, I thought he was out of the league, but yet again, here he is on Monday Night Football putting on a clinic, especially in that first quarter, that first half. Yeah, you all you told me was what a drive on the text. I look up Seattle's up six, seven, nothing. I'm like, what happened? What did Gino do? And he was sensational, basically. And on top of that, at home, Monday Night Football against the team that's the favorite with the quarterback that made that place that you're playing at at home. Your replacement. It's kind of crazy. Um, here's a quote from Gina. Basically, if you didn't hear that, it's that West Virginia education. <laughs> honestly, um, basically, you know, if they wrote him off, he's like, they wrote me off. I didn't write back though. That was his quote of the century. Pretty good line, but again, good for Geno Smith. Honestly, yeah, that's some. Was getting that tattooed on them. <laughs> I might put that in my my uh, st- IG story. If someone gets flagrant with me, like, yo, they wrote me off. I never wrote back. Okay. Boom. All right. My next W is going to be Joey Manessis and the Washington Nationals. Joey is an outfielder for the Nats. He threw a ball into the crowd, as most players do. A little kid tried to catch it, but some uh, old dude jumped in front of the kid, took the asshole. ball. Yeah. Joey Manessis and the Nats sent this uh, this young kid a letter and another ball. And made good on it. So very cool. Oh, that's pretty good. Very, very cool. I'm like, um, what an asshole yeah. just reaches over and then walks away. Ridiculous. Like, grow up, dude. You're an asshole. 
Um, I actually fourth. have one extra. I have one more W actually when uh when I get to there. All right, no problem. I I, I have it. I had it filed away as an L in my phone, but it turns out it's actually a W. <laughs> um, my last W. Um, Giants head coach Brian uh, Dable. Uh, not only for the the win, but it was an emotional win. It's his first uh, win as a head coach versus the Titans. But did you know he honored his grandparents who raised him during his celebration? If you notice, he had a necklace. He wears a necklace around it, and that necklace contains his grandmother's ashes. Oh, wow. Both of his grandparents passed away last year, uh, three weeks apart, and he still keeps them closed during these special moments. So it was good to see him get a big win on the road, new new regime, new era. And, you know, it's pretty good, like, full circle around for uh, Brian Dable. Couldn't root for a a much-deserving guy right there. So kudos to him. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so my last two W's are both going to be uh, baseball related. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Judge is on pace right now to become the third player, so the third active player to put up 10 F war in a single season. That's Fangraph's way of measuring wins above replacement, which is the totality of your game. Uh, he's got nine right now. I think it's 9.6. He's also got nine on baseball reference, which he would be the sixth Yankee to do so mm-hmm. behind uh, A-Rod, Ricky Henderson, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Mickey Mantle. Actually, he'd be seven because DiMaggio did it too. Um, but right now, Mike Trout did it twice. Mookie Betts did it once. Judge would be the third active player to do that. Uh, he's currently 20 home runs up on the second home run leader. Judge has 57. Kyle Schwarber has 37. This is the first time since 1928 that that has happened. Babe Ruth was up 20 home runs on the next closest person. But Judge right now is just setting records. And my other W, Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, did you know? that they have uh, Nick Maton on their roster, and he is the only player this year with two home runs off of Sandy Alcantara. No way. And get this. So the Phillies are one of three teams in Major League Baseball this year to score two runs or more off of Sandy Alcantara every single time they faced him this year. The other two teams that saw him and and that have done that to him only faced him once each. The Phillies have faced him six times. So they have faced this dude six times, and each time they've gotten two runs or more off of him. And Nick Maton is the only player in Major League Baseball to have two home runs off of Sandy Alcantara this year. Somehow they are <laughs> probably going to face him again, too. I'm sure they'll face him again at the end of the year. They don't face him uh, tomorrow or, like, the, the series finale coming they up? Just, they just beat him uh, yesterday. <laughs> Look at that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Maton had a two-run home run, gave him a 2-1 win. Oh, sorry. I've Unbelievable. Spaced and, and truth is, so they're four and two in those games. And one of them, they should have won the one we were at. I'm telling you, man, the power of Rob Thompson. Crazy. The uh, The Phillies are actually have a better record than the Mets ever since Thompson took over. Honestly. I mean, coach of the year. You called it well in the in the early stages of the I was off thing. by a month. Yeah, honestly. I said when Girardi gets fired in July, he got fired in June. <laughs> That'll, that'll haunt you, but also... I was actually... I was at the first game of the Thompson era, and they hit, like, six home runs. <laughs> I think Swerver and uh, Harbour each hit, too. What a... I mean, if you if you had the over on that, if you had, like, guaranteed home runs, you were raking money. You're probably still living off of that. Yeah. They were home dogs that came, too, and that, it was like, all right, they're obviously going to get the managerial bump, and they, they won. I'll give you a quick TTP for the weekend. Uh, Nebraska plus 11. They're facing Oklahoma. Nebraska just fired their coach. They're going to get the, uh, the bump. It's... Isn't that weird how sports is? Like, it's more of like you're on notice and 
you're kind of embarrassed because you had this man lose his job because of you. Yeah. So you kind of have to just show out now for the rest of the season. You have to. Oh, my God. I feel for him, but hey, yeah. Lock it down. It's a guaranteed dub. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, our next episode, today's Wednesday. Uh, well, now it's Thursday. Yeah, right. Our next episode will be th- uh, Friday, where we will preview um, week two in the NFL. We'll do a quick review of the Thursday night football game. We'll talk a little bit more um, broadly about sports. Uh, Sixers officially bring in Montrez Harrell. We'll see how he kind of fits in their plans. Um, the Phillies, we can re- review as they will have finished up with the Marlins. Um, and then we'll be heading into a weekend series. I forget get who they face who cares um but we'll, we'll, pre- we'll review the phillies last week and we'll preview them going into the weekend we'll talk uh talk eagles vikings ahead of our uh, our lincoln financial field debut and the home opener we'll talk everything um but yeah that's that's what's on the docket for friday should be a fun episode um there's also potentially a top five at the end of that episode if uh Ooh. just needs to be confirmed by my co-host confirmed okay we'll do it um <laughs> We'll do a top five name brand snack foods on Friday. So uh, oh, we're not. So instead of saying chips, you got to pick this particular one. Uh, like this Dorito? was, um, yes, like a particular one of them, though. We'll iron out the kinks over the next forty-eight hours, yeah. and then we'll do a, <laughs> we'll do a fun list, and uh, we'll have a cool uh, little Friday episode. Five. I mean, it can easily be ten. It can easily be twenty, knowing you with twenty with like ten honorables. With my 53 on purple yeah. I don't discriminate. <laughs> That's one thing you don't do. You don't discriminate. Absolutely not. All the food groups, all the candies, all the chocolates, you're there. No one's for getting sure. left behind. I give everybody the credit they're due. <laughs> you're here for a reason. You are worth something. Not to me, but to somebody you are worth something. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Musketeer Bar. Find your happiness somewhere else. But I appreciate you, Tootsie Roll. <laughs> what a weird time but uh alright guys uh, we'll see you in a couple days yeah until then adios adios Peace.